Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. We do not have a blue check mark. Uh, check out the Facebook page. Search for Coach Bo Knows Show. Uh, we share some cool stuff on there. Check that out from time to time. And you can email us anytime at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 82. Today is going to be our NFL draft preview. And coming in to help me prognosticate, put together preview, if you will, of the 2023 NFL draft is our most popular returning contributor. Ladies, if you're in the greater Denver area, it's that time. Get out some Pro V1 golf balls, hit to the course. He'll magically appear. He's a man of style, sophistication, and he remains undefeated against home pregnancy tests with a record of 55-0-2. He's the real reason Sierra moved to Denver. Check out his new book, his new book, Russ Can Cook, But I Can Eat. His mother named him Ricardo. Around here, we call him Uncle Rico, my main man, Ricardo Gerbellini. Hey, Uncle Rico, as always, is brought to us by Stitch Fix. Don't forget, use the link in the show notes. You can get $25 off your first box of Stitch Fix. Uncle Rico, how are you today? I am excited. There's a lot going in today specifically because news broke. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's there's the draft coming up. There's a lot of speculation, especially in the early in the early picks. What's going to happen? Yeah. So I'm I'm ready. Anything NFL at this point, I'm ready. Yeah. So we're behind the screens here. We are uh, recording Monday night. The draft is Thursday. The Aaron Rodgers trade just went down in the last few hours. Uh, let's hit that first because we, it, it affects the draft in a way because of the swap of picks. But other than that, really doesn't affect the draft a whole lot. But at least it gets the news out and it doesn't hijack the coverage like it did a couple of years ago during the draft. So Great. Aaron Rodgers was traded from the from the Packers to the New York Jets. The teams agree to swap first round picks. That moves the Jets uh, down from the thirteenth pick to the fifteenth pick. Green Bay will move up two picks. Uh, in addition, the Jets will move up from their current sixth round pick, number two hundred seven, to the fifth round pick of the Packers, number one seventy. The Packers will also get this year's number um, second round pick from the Jets, number 42 overall, and a conditional pick in 2024 that is based upon a couple of different items. It's going to be a second round pick at a minimum. It could go to a first round pick if Rodgers plays in 2024. So we know that. It, first off, let me ask a question. Did the Jets give up too much here, in your opinion, Uncle Rico, to get the quarterback they need? I think there's an argument to be made for that, but I think not. And the reason why is they're – and I saw this on an, in an article that was, it was titled this way. They're basically doing the Tom Brady route right now. They want to win now. Yeah. And with what they have talent-wise, they could do it. They're – Rogers, what they basically have lacked to be a real contender for a Super Bowl has been the quarterback. And we saw that last year. They were able to succeed with 
Zach Wilson, who was okay, but to me, he's much more like a career clipboard quarterback, honestly. I don't see him progressing enough to shoulder the weight of, of, of an entire team. Aaron Rodgers has shown he can, but he's at that age where he needs tools, and Green Bay is not giving him tools. Yeah. So for me, this is kind of a win-win, if you will, for what they want. Now, we can argue, was it too much? Was it not enough? But I think this is what both teams wanted out of this trade. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really well put, actually. I tend to agree with you. Um, I think that the Packers didn't didn't get a lot coming back. I mean, you've got a second-round pick, in essence, coming back, which could go to a one if Rodgers plays in 2024. You clear out a shitload of cap space now. That's going to be great, mm-hmm. especially with figuring out what Jordan Love's going to be a quarterback. You know, to figure out if he's going to be the guy moving forward or not, because if he is, they're going to have to extend him. Um, but then also, I think you said it best with the Jets. The Jets, are, they think they're one piece away. I tend to agree, especially if they get Brees Hall, the running back, back um, healthy this year. He was looking great, fantastic for the first 10 games, then gets hurt. They get him right by the middle of the season. That offense can be chucking. And, boy, they could be – the Jets could be a Super Bowl contender. The only way I look at it, the hard part to me about this is it's so competitive in the AFC. I mean, the Jets got Buffalo in the same division. And then yep. you're in the same – I mean, look, the, the top five teams, if you look at it for the playoffs, just to be in the playoffs – you got Kansas City, San Diego. Or I keep saying San Diego. It's actually L.A. Rams or the Chargers. I always want to see San Diego. I've been doing it for 25 years. Um, <laughs> the Chargers, you got the Chiefs. You've got Buffalo. You've got the Bengals. And now you've got the Jets in contention. That's not to mention the Dolphins. That's not to mention some other teams that could improve. You know, if Baltimore gets this thing right with Lamar Jackson sooner than later, which I think is going to happen, they can get back into contention. I think the Steelers are starting to get scary good, especially if they pick up a big play, a big play weapon in this draft. I, 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 this that's the hard part to me for the Jets, but adding Aaron Rodgers gives you the veteran approach. You know, you've got receivers, you've got a back a good offensive line already, and the defense is spectacular. They got a top-five defense. And I really like yeah, I like good. Salam. I like, the, I like the coach, too. I think that he ain't going to get out coached in games. I, this, might be, this might be the best situation for Aaron Rodgers. It's certainly the best thing the Jets could do. And only really giving up a second-round pick and maybe a second or first next year if you get another year of Aaron Rodgers, wow. I mean, that's – I'll take that every day of the week. Yeah, it's a pretty – it gives both teams what they need, and it clears up this Aaron Rodgers thing, which I think is a monkey off of Green Bay's back. And they get to walk into this draft knowing what they got, which was a big deal yeah. last year. You mentioned it earlier, and that was a problem. That was a problem not only just for the draft, the entire offseason. It was yeah. always looming over – over that team. Um, I don't have a lot of high hopes for green Bay right now, but they've been at, they've been staring at this 
for a bit now. It's not new to them. They simply now are resigned to that situation. It happened now or, or a year ago or a year from now. They're still in that same boat, regardless. So better to go ahead and do this now and probably should have done it last year, but glad that they're here now so they have a chance to move forward. Yeah, yeah I think I think you're spot on there. I think it's, I think the one good thing if you're the Packers, you're going to find out about Jordan Love. Like it's two things. One, you're going to find out about Jordan Love. Is he your guy moving forward? And if he's not, you can cut bait at the end of the season and go into next year's draft. And two, they're in a division that appears to be pretty wide open. Now, I think that you and I like a team better than everybody else in that division in the Lions. But until yeah. they get it done, it's hard to say they're the favorite. But I think the Vikings will come back a little bit. Uh, the Bears will move up a little bit. They'll be a little better. I think that trade they made to move down was a good trade. And then I look at it and go, well, there's no team that's just widespread better than the rest in that division. So you got a chance. And there's no great team in the NFC at all. I mean, well. the 49ers are probably the favorite. Uh, the, the Eagles will be the favorite, and the 49ers are behind them. But in the right situation, they both be beaten. So I completely agree. Yeah, and, and the NFC side, the, I hate to look at the NFC East this way, but really, you know, you got Philly right up top. You got 49ers. You can I make the argument for the Cowboys and the Giants. Giants made a turnaround last year and what they could do. I think you're right in the NFC North. To me, the leading contenders there are the Vikings and the Lions. I think the Lions made the most difference, and I think they'll capitalize on that this year. The Vikings, doing what they did last year, if they can if they can just figure out how to win without Justin Jefferson, they'll be really strong. Yeah. But we know Justin Jefferson is key to that offense, so we'll have to wait and see. But I yeah. I I like the NFC for the opportunity. I love the AFC for the competitiveness because there's just so many heads on that monster, if you will. That Hydra is crazy over there. I think you're, you're right. If I'm looking at the Jets, I mean, just the Bills alone would be contentious. And you, you know, what is, what is Miami this year? What are the Patriots this year after last year? Um, I was looking. They've got quite a bit of picks. The Patriots do. They, I think they have ten picks this year. So yeah. that you know, they could change a lot. Yeah, it's going to be pretty amazing. Um, see what happens. And I, you know, we've all been looking at the you know the mock drafts and everything else and what can happen and will happen. And we're going to talk all about that. But I want to get the Rodgers trade out of the way first. I think it's a win-win. I think both teams. I think you said it rest got what they wanted. Packers got rid of their nightmare, which is which is Rodgers. Rodgers gets a, a start with a team he knows he can compete with. And their cost was negligible, but then coming back to the Packers, I think they got a little bit more out of it than, than certainly I would have expect, expected, especially if Rodgers plays in 2024 and that conditional slips to a one. Now, you got to figure it's going to be a low one just because the Jets' record should be pretty good this year. But any first-round pick's going to give you some depth. I agree. It, the, the thing about the, the Packers on this side of it, where people think they maybe not, didn't get enough, we have to remember that at, there's a flip side of that coin, where if you're holding on to him, that cap hit is huge this year. Yeah. They, they really can't afford to keep him. And that, that's kind of where they have 
the Jets had him over a barrel. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, they needed to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets were the most, probably the most amicable for the deal that they wanted. They got, they, it's, it's, that's why I think they both got what they wanted. It's not so much that any one got more than the other. You know, there's a cost to getting him. The Jets wanted to take him on, and the Packers needed to get rid of him. I think it works. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm trying to get to over the over the cap right now to see where the Packers end up with this, and they're right in the middle of the thick of things. They're sitting now. Um, you got a lot of dead money this season. A lot of that's Rodgers' contract. But when you look at this, this is they're going to be in a really good spot in a year. And yeah, they're gonna sit, they're gonna sit 40 million in dead cap money this year. But when you go right, into but next this gives them a year to yeah. This gives them a year to figure out if, if Jordan loves their quarterback or not. They have yeah. this year to figure that out. And if he is, just like Chicago did last year, they figured out Justin Fields their quarterback. Yeah. We're gonna find out if Jordan loves a quarterback or not. And if not, then they have next year to go after one. If he is, then you have you have the room to surround him with talent. Yeah. If he's 54 million under the cap for next year right now. The Packers are after making this deal. Yeah. They took the 40 million dead hit, said, fuck it, let's do it. And Jordan Love will be a free agent as well. So they can say, if he's the guy, he gets an extension. Or you, or you franchise. Uh, you'll probably extend him because you'll probably be able to get him an extension cheaper than you would on the franchise tag. But at the same time, you can if he if he isn't your guy, there'll be quarterbacks next year. And by getting a hopefully number one pick coming back on Rodgers, then you get another number one pick that you can move around. The Packers should have a pretty high draft pick. They could be one of those teams that next year could be looking and going, hey, let's not finish in the top 10 this year. Let's move down this thing. Let's not worry about making the playoffs. We'll get that extra one. That gives us a little more juice to try to move up to number one next year with Keelan Williams coming out, who's going to be the number one pick in next year's draft. Um, yeah. So the other thing, the other thing about the Packers this year also is they've got eleven picks. Now, granted, four of those uh, are in the seventh round. Yeah. But eleven picks get, with what they're looking at gives them some room to play. Yes, you're gonna be able to move around on day two and day three quite a bit if they see a player here or there. And we're going to talk about that because there are a couple of players that I've got written down here that I want to talk about later as we get to. And I've got one in particular, I think, that a lot of teams ought to be taking a look at. I actually got two that I think a lot of teams should be taking a look at. And one that I think everybody who has who has their franchise guy for one more year should really be looking at. Um, but let's talk about, let's get into it now. We got through the Rogers stuff. The story of day one, Thursday night in this draft, it's it drafts live in Kansas city. I am not going to this draft. You couldn't talk me into it. <laughs> no, I think kidding. it's going to be a madhouse. No, I'm going to, if you want to come watch the draft of me, I'll be at Johnny's West with some friends. If you're listening and you come on by, come on by, say hi. Cause I'll be there watching the draft on on Thursday night at Johnny's, it's gonna be a lot easier than what than going out to to uh, to crowd that crowd center, um, Union Station and watching. Plus, yeah. I don't have a team to root for right now. I'm still a free agent, so I, I am. I am. 
I applaud you. I'm a little shocked, I'm a free agent but I stuff. applaud you for following through on what you said because I know that is not an easy thing for you. No, all my that stuff is a big deal. I did give a couple of pieces of stuff, a couple of pieces of uh, like a couple shirts to to P Money, but otherwise it's all in boxes right now. It's all in the tub, just sitting there. I'm like, I have a know. question. Yeah, yeah, I have a question regarding this. Mm-hmm. So. Let's just a hypothetical. Okay. Their car is their quarterback, but let's say come start of the season, he's not the starting quarterback. Go back. I see what you're I there is something that can happen this weekend. Should we get to this now? Like up to you. Let's just do it now. There is one move that the New Orleans Saints can do this weekend to draft. So pull me back in. We're going to talk next about these quarterbacks. And there's four of them. And they're fucking fantastic. Three of them, I think, are absolutely fantastic. One, I think, is overrated. There's a fifth one. There's a fifth one. It's not going to go in the first round. He might slip in at the very end of the first round, but he's hurt. Hurt his knee at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And that is Hendon uh, Hooker, Tennessee. Right. Yeah, and they would talk about him. him is he's 25. He was a fifth-year player. If New Orleans was to take Hendon Hooker in this draft, then I would be like Frank Costanza, I'm back, baby. <laughs> because I <laughs> really think he's a franchise quarterback. I do. I think he is a – I think there are there are three guys I think that will be franchise quarterbacks. A fourth one that could be the best of all of them, and a fifth one I think is overrated. And we're going to get to those okay. in a minute. But the Saints, they want to pull me back in. Go ahead and fuck around put a pick on uh, on Hendon Hooker, and I'll come back. Because he'll beat out Derek Carr in 2024. And, and it's a good fit okay. because you can make the deal get rid of Carr, and Hooker can be the guy, and he shouldn't play this year. The ACL tear at the end of the season, you know, late in the season, it was like it was like the second, the last regular season game of the year. It gives him a year to get ready. It also gets him a year to be in a system in the NFL level. I'm not thinking he's going to turn into, you know, 15 years of a starting quarterback, but he's eight to ten. The fact okay. that you're getting him at 25, I think it's a positive in that way. A player that good at 25. Hendon Hooker is only one year younger than Joe Burrow. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I guess for pills he would be. Yeah. I mean, sure. and I think he's an excellent athlete. I think he's an excellent quarterback. He's had great quarterback coaches wherever he's been. I think that he's a guy I would take a look at. I think he's a guy that's going to get sniped either by someone at the very, very end of the first round that that that's got a quarterback but doesn't have a long term solution there, and they want the fifth year option. Or he falls into the third round, or after. Do you say that? And the, the 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 team that looks to me to be exactly that is at thirty one. Seattle. They got yes. Geno Smith now, but Geno Smith isn't another ten year quarterback. He's probably got a couple more years in him at, at Seattle at best. I I think see Seattle is the interesting one to me. They're on my list of the quarterbacks thing. They're all with a the team. They got the five teams looking at quarterbacks. 
And I think that they, they are pick right one after of, they pick right after the Saints at 30. Yeah. And they they also pick at five. So they get they could move there at five. And if one thing goes their way, one of those four quarterbacks drops to them. So let's talk about it. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna tell my people you're listening. I watch more college football than you do. I know you don't know a lot of the players just because you don't tend to follow it that way like I do. But you know your NFL stuff, and you know where holes are in teams. So I really trust your judgment. That's why we're not going to do a quote-unquote mock draft today because it will be basically me doing the draft and you picking what positions players need. So we're going to focus on what, like, we see coming in the first few rounds, in the first, first round, really. And yeah. the story of the draft is going to happen in the first five rounds, first five picks. We got four okay. quarterbacks that if you look at the, the rankings of them, the, the prospects of them, this is a much better quarterback class than we've had in two or three years. Since the Burrow-Herbert class, when they went one and yeah. two, Bryce Young, Alabama's quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner, outstanding young player. C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback. Will Levis, Kentucky quarterback, someone that a lot of people are big on. Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback, who is the project of the four, but has a ton of upside. Now, I find it interesting. Carolina moves from six to one to get into that number one pick. And when they did this, they're drafting a quarterback. It's going to be which one do they take? C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Do you have an inclination either way? Or what do you know about the quarterbacks? Let me ask that. Not very, I, and you're absolutely right with me. I don't watch a lot of, I don't watch much college football at all. So these are not player names. I know them because they're in the news a lot right now, not because I watch them play. And the interesting thing amongst the noise is it doesn't really matter for either of for for Carolina or Houston at one and two. It doesn't really matter because, yeah. and, and I've said this before, first round, especially first round quarterbacks, quarterbacks in the draft, are 80 to 90% bust. You're, you're gambling on a star who can be a franchise. You're gambling to get Joe Burrow right now. Now, that's, that's what you're hoping for one of these guys to do. But you don't know, and I made this, and I, I just had this conversation uh, last week uh, with somebody over Trey Lance. You don't know who he is until they're on the field. I don't I care what they are in OTA. I don't care what they are in training camp. And I don't care what they are in preseason. So they're on the field in a regular season game and it's going full speed. You don't know who they are and they need, and a, and a rookie quarterback especially needs probably three to four weeks to really acclimate. So I don't, I don't think it matters that much. It, we're, we're nitpicking the noise as to who we think is better or worse. They're one and two. They're one and two. That's pretty much, you know, coming right on the heels of the Super Bowl. We're looking at the draft. We're looking at college and seeing what's there. They're one and two. It doesn't matter from there. So whoever Carolina picks, Houston will likely pick the other. The question then becomes, for the other two guys, where do they go? And you got to look at that. I'm looking at that draft order 
I think yeah. Indianapolis at four is likely to pick one. Yeah. Um, I also look at the Lions. Now, we're neither of us are fans of golf. Let's be honest. No. And even if you take a quarterback here, you can still play, just like you're talking about with the Saints. Take him, sit him a year, let him develop, let him hold a clipboard, let him learn the system, and maybe you say goodbye to golf next year. Yeah. But let him learn. Um, I think that's a possibility there. I also see Atlanta at eight needing a, a looking to, to, to get a franchise quarterback. Yeah. So I don't think the four, the four don't make it out of 10, I don't think, at all. But I, it's who's going to get who then. Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, mock drafts, guys in different spots, and I think it really comes down to it. I think you've spot on hit these first few picks of you know one and two should be those two. There's been a lot of reporting, which I mean, you know, it's just some asshole with a, with a keyboard um, saying that the Texans are not going to take a quarterback. They're going to go for Will Anderson, uh, defensive tackle from Alabama, um, which is not defensive, a defensive end. He's an edge rusher from Alabama, who is the best non-quarterback in this draft. Um, mm. Well, him and Jalen Carter from Georgia. Jalen Carter has the off-the-field stuff that people are worried about right now. I, you can't go wrong with either of them, but that with any combo of those three quarter of three of those four quarterbacks, your first five picks. Um, I do think I think Bryce Young's going one, and I think you kind of have to look at each player and how they fit your system. The four quarterbacks: Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, um, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson are all completely different. And so you have Bryce Young, who's the most decorated of the four. He won the Heisman. He you know, played for the national championship at Alabama. He was an absolute stud. On a team from Alabama that was a down team last year, he successfully won them two games. He is the only reason that Alabama beat Texas. He took over that game in late fourth quarter. It was just like, I'm not going to lose. The knock on Bryce Young is he's 5'9", he's, he's or 5'10". He's 5'10", and he's 195 pounds. But you know who else isn't very big and who had a superstar NFL quarterback in a career? And that was Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Bryce Young is a more athletic Drew Brees. I just think if you're number one and you're the Panthers, you've got to take Bryce Young. Here's, here's what I'll say about that. I think if you're going to take Bryce Young, you need a coach who can coach. Yeah. That's a, that's a big deal here, and I'm not convinced. I, I haven't. I'm really not convinced on Carolina or Houston being able to coach yet. Houston obviously has a new coach. Yeah. And I like to make you know I like D'Amico Ryan's coming out of San Francisco and what they did last year. I am optimistic of what he can do with this team. Yeah. So I'm optimistic that he'll take Bryce Young and, and Carolina won't for that reason because they're not uh, sure how to coach a five nine quarterback in Carolina. Yeah. They probably don't want to. They had, hey, they had a short quarterback in Baker last year, and that didn't last very long either. No. So I don't know if they can actually use a shorter quarterback, but I think Tomiko Ryan can. So I've heard reports also, and I heard from people that I know in the area, and we talked a little about this on the Jones Report. The thing that people are seeing when they're getting in the room with Bryce Young is this kid is wicked smart. He's been a, in a room in a quarterback's room with Bill O'Brien for the last two years. 
everybody that doesn't know, Bill O'Brien is a fucking quarterback genius. This is the guy who helped build Tom Brady. This is the guy that had Deshaun Watson at the beginning in his career in, in Houston. Take the off-the-field stuff away. Good as Deshaun was, it helped that he had Bill O'Brien as his coach. Um, now he's had Bryce Young, and they're talking about Bryce Young is just a whiz kid on the board. He understands the offenses and how offenses are played. If you're Carolina, you traded up, he's got to be your guy. Now, I think he's a there's a bust factor there because of his size. But I think in the right situation, and I think Carolina could be it. I think really, I think everyone's going to take good care of this, of this, of this kid, this young yeah. man. If you so I, I think there's a bust piece to it, but I don't think it's very high. The safe bet is C.J. Stroud. If you haven't seen him play, C.J. Stroud is not, I'm going to be real blunt, he is not your prototypical black quarterback. We talk about African-American quarterbacks, they're athletic, you know, Lamar and, and Jalen Hurt. That ain't C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's going to sit in the pocket He's got a cannon for an arm, and he's going to pick you apart. What he did at Ohio State, to me, he's the most on the field, day one ready. And uh, the thing I like about him is that he also, no off-the-field issues, played at a big school with lots of attention at Ohio State. He handled that pressure well, played well in big games. He's perfect for the Houston Texans and D'Amico Ryans, and everything there. And if they pass on C.J. Stroud because they see more, they see an, a, a Hall of Fame career in Will Anderson, it's a mistake. Yes, Will Anderson may have a better career than C.J. Stroud, but the Texans need somebody that you can put on the billboards to sell tickets, someone to make you care for the team, I heard it this way a couple last week. I thought it was a great way of putting it. The Houston Texans need somebody that little kids want to buy the jersey of. It's interesting you say that. It's interesting you put it this way. Because there's there's a thought in my mind. I've had it for a while. I, I, I think I've said it on the pod <clears throat> uh, back in the day. And I think if it happens, it happens in the next couple days. I don't think it'll happen after. I could easily see with the room and with the draft picks, the cap room they have in the draft picks, I could see them going after Lamar. Yes, I think that's still on the on the on the, on the uh, table. And that's been a lot of talk about the Texans are and that's what I think the smoke is on the we're not drafting CJ Stroud. I do think uh-huh. that's cover smoke for we're going to trade, and that makes a ton of sense too because it makes sense for both Baltimore and Houston. And Houston. That trade. Baltimore comes in and says, because Baltimore's stuck on the idea of they can only get two two first-round picks. They're not going to get anything else for it because an offer sheet gets them that for that sheet. So Baltimore knows their handcuffs. So they've got to get the best pick they can get right now. And if they can somehow yeah. finagle their way into that pick and take C.J. Stroud with that pick, you've successfully gotten an extra first-round pick, and you draft and you draft Lamar Jackson's um, 
um, replacement, replacement right off the bat. Fits perfectly and, in that city. Yep. And Houston can bite the bullet because they have so many picks and enough crap, crap, or crap, cap room. Yep. Their picks are two and 12 in the first yep. round yep. right now. And I, let me just double check. I don't think they have another first round. No, they don't. So it's two and 12. They could try. They could trade both of those away, and that would be that would be equi- They're getting a franchise quarterback with NFL experience in an offense that can be built to him. Because they got all they got all plenty of room and plenty of picks. They can tailor something for him that would not get him hurt so much in an offensive scheme with an offensive cor- uh, offensive minded head coach who knows how to deal with this. Yeah. I think that if it happens, it happens. In the next day or two, yeah, it happens. and it would not shock me at all. I would love, actually, I would love it if they did, yeah. because you, you, you know, I've lamented that Baltimore has not been good for Lamar. Not as a city or the people. I know they are all behind him. It's the organization. I don't think has done right by Lamar at all in his in his short career so far. I like that idea. I don't know if it'll happen or if Baltimore will try to play more hardball. But to me, this makes sense for both teams. So I was talking to Tyler Jones. We were talking about the Tyler Jones show a couple weeks ago. And, you know, he reports for the Ravens on chat sports. And he said that idea has been floated. It'd be the first round pick this year. It'd be number two. And the first round pick next year. But I guess one of the things that the Ravens wanted was the Ravens were trying to get two and twelve, and it's I, that's that's a bridge I couldn't cross. But I, here's, I might, what, here's here's where I put. If I'm Houston, I go back to the idea that how many drafted quarterbacks bust. I would I would do it. Personally, I would do it to know I got a franchise quarterback versus gambling yeah. on a rookie I don't know can play in the NFL yet. Yeah. The, well, the that's reason the, that's the draw here for Houston is that they know they're getting a proper NFL quarterback that wins games when he's in and can do things with his legs and can lead. He would instantly lead that that locker room because there's well, no there's no is he good enough? We know he's good enough. Yeah, he knows. So you know, coming that, in now, that answer. And, and to replace Deshaun, and he's got, he has, he has no off-field issues. He has the, the, he'll win that locker room just like he won the locker room in Baltimore. They're behind him in Baltimore in the locker room. The team loves him. He would be already on the on the the team would already have his back. The city would embrace him. I think that is a I w- so I would bite the bullet. Not yeah. I would you know versus gambling two picks on maybe good enough to be in the NFL. Versus yeah. knowing you're good enough to be in the NFL. My, my thing would be, and I get where the Ravens are saying they want two and twelve. It makes sense if you're the Ravens. Sure. If you're the Texans, you know you want to give next year's pick because you're going to think by adding Lamar, you're drafting a lot later, and the Ravens know that. Mm. Yeah, true, true. In a weak division, you know they're going to get eight or nine games. You know, it's like, okay, this is a middle drafting team next year. This is a 15 to 21 drafting team next year. So I guess what I would offer in return would be, okay, we need a tackle. If I'm the Texans, 
We'll swap you, but we'll swap picks. Let us drop from 12 Uh, down to 23 and let us take your first rounder. You get our first rounder. We don't lose a lot doing that. They can take one of those tackles. There's four or five of them in the first round this year. They can get a tackle Mm -hmm. to put in front of Lamar. On the other side, you get a get a tackle. You got Laramie Tunsil already, so you get to get a second tackle, or you go get a defensive end. There's going to be plenty of people here. You know, they can go get one of these great fucking eight corners. that are going to go in the first round to put them on the other side with Derek Stingley. Um, there's going to be. I, I think you're onto something there. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens all the way up to it's pick time, because I think part of it also would be the Texans will want the reassurance that it's Stroud. That it's that it's Stroud going to because if it's not, if Stroud were to go one yeah. and you got Bryce Young coming, you go, not nah, deals off. I'll take Bryce Young. <laughs> <laughs> no, no chance. Well so well would, 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 if they're if they're not happy with Bryce Young, Bryce would probably drop to four with Indianapolis. I could see that well, would you go after Richardson instead? Well, we're gonna get to Richardson in a minute. Because the way I see it going is I see it going young than Stroud. I see someone trading into three. The Cardinals don't need a quarterback. Okay. They got they got Kyler Murray. Even though, I mean, I don't think that we both think Kyler Murray's a franchise guy. The fact they're paying him means he's a franchise guy. Yeah, exactly. It, so, it doesn't matter whether you like him or not, whether you think he's good enough or not. That team is dysfunctional to begin with. But yeah. he's under contract. He's, he's getting paid, period. Yeah. So if you're the Cardinals, you need to be on the phone. And they, and they are. I mean, people don't understand how this works. The Cardinals sure. already have structures of deals set with. We talked about the Seahawks already. The Lions could be involved in this. The Colts could be involved in this. The Colts are crazy because the Colts are sitting at four. And they just don't want someone to move in the three to take the guy they want. They want the choice. Yeah. So that's the thing about them, about them. We'll talk about that in a second. Would the Raiders be a team that may want to trade up for a quarterback? Rappolo's in their contract. You can get out of it. Probably. So, oh, well, and it, it goes right back to what we were saying. You have Garoppolo, just like, yeah. like the Saints have Carr. Use him for a year. Yeah. Get this guy, you know, up to speed and then start him next year. That's we have always talked about how hard it is for a rookie to start their first year on their first game. It's done too much, and we've seen the results. It's not yeah. a bad idea for them to move up and get the guy they want, have him write a clipboard, have him learn and, the offense, have him learn how to be a pro, and yeah. get all that stuff taken care of for next year. The other question would be to me, the other team that comes into that, that, third, that number three argument would be, what about the Tennessee Titans? I was just about to say the exact same thing. And the Titans could play Tennessee both ways. Tennessee is definitely in that. They can play it both ways. They can take a quarterback to play now. Or they can take the they can take the crapshoot and go for the guy who's got the most upside. Because they can sit him for a year behind Ryan Tannehill. Plus, if you're making that deal. And so we're talking about the deal with Arizona. Well, you can make a you bring a third party into that deal. A couple of picks get moved around, and then the Titans have got a playing card that no one else has, and that's the best mm-hmm. running back in football. That's now a luxury for them because they don't need it. 
They don't have the. They're I not. Just, yeah. Carry that. So why don't why don't you make a trade? There I think are rumors. The smoke on that fire. When today, this afternoon, I'm watching NFL Live, and the Titans GM says we are not fielding calls for Derrick Henry, which absolutely means we are fielding calls for Derrick. We're Henry. fielding calls. Hey, yes. They may not. They may not be most inclined, but what they're waiting for is the right deal. The Let's right be situation. honest here. So, every. We said that when they said Lamar's on the on the on the thong, and all these teams came out and said we're not interested, we're not interested. No, you're not interested now. You may be interested later. Yeah, they're not they're not entertaining any deals because they haven't found the right deal. But the right deal for Derrick Henry, they'll do it absolutely. Yeah. And then could use I could even see at number three a team trading into that spot to not take a quarterback. There could be a team like the Philadelphia Eagles or the Green Bay Packers uh, yep. or the DR. I, I, I love this one. Could the Lions move up three picks to go get a Jalen Carter or a Will Anderson? Ooh, Put that yeah. on the other side of Aiden Hutchinson. That wouldn't. They, I mean, they're uh, just getting, damn, that, would be, that would be a big up. You know, going in the playoffs, if you got two pass rushers, holy shit! Yep, I, I think the Lions, if they're sitting there at six and those four quarterbacks go one, two, three, four, they're just going to be going. Well, we get one of them, whether it's Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. But if it looks like one's going to go early, you don't want to be sitting at six and not get one. I don't think the quarterbacks are going one through four. But I, I could see no. the, the third pick. When we get to the third pick, that's where all the fun time is going to happen in this draft. This is where we're going to now be like, oh, shit, what's about to happen? I think that'll be in. At four, we got the Colts. If they don't trade up the three, they're taking whatever quarterback is left. And yeah, I'm hearing the Colts like Will Levis. Now, I've said... I think Bryce Young is a franchise quarterback. I think Stroud is a franchise quarterback in that eight to 10 year window. I do not think CJ Stroud is a um, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. I think CJ Stroud is, I think he's a better player than Steve McNair was, but that's the type of player I see him at in the NFL. And I think that's really, really fucking good. And I think that's good enough to win. And I think that you could get away with it. I don't think the Colts so he needs want a that. couple of years. He probably needs a year or two. I, but see, to me, CJ Stroud just started today. First day, right. if I draft him, he's my starting quarterback. I think Bryce Young is too. The Colts, unfortunately for them, because they fuck everything up. <laughs> They like Will Levis, I hear. Now, Will Levis is your traditional strike-throwing white boy. Let's just call it what it is. He's six <laughs> He's got a good arm. He's good-looking. He can play in a pro-style offense, and he has. But he doesn't off-the-chart you anything. He's, he's Jared Goff. He's... He's good enough, Will Levis, to, to be a competitive quarterback. But, you know, Tyler and I have the 
uh, we, we now call it the Dak Prescott rule. To be in the, to be yeah. in the argument for the Super Bowl, you got to be Dak Prescott or better at quarterback. To me, he fails the Dak Prescott rule. The other two do not. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I will, I, I, and unfortunately, I have to go back to, I don't know who he is in the NFL yet. I can't say that myself. And, yeah. and, and last year is a prime example with Purdy. Dead last pick of the entire draft, he won playoff games. Yeah. I don't know who he is until he's in the NFL. Yeah. My thing with the Brock Purdy thing, though, and you look, and this is why I think, like, there's anomalies. I think very much sure. he is an anomaly. Yeah. He's not a franchise guy. Maybe he'll be your guy for three or four or five years. Maybe. But if you're drafted in the top five, that's not the guy you want. You're looking for your franchise guy. I need a franchise guy. I need my quarterback for the next 10 years. I'm drafting the top five. And I don't think Will Levis is that. Now, we're going to get to the wild card here. That's Anthony Richardson. I'm sure you've heard it. I know you haven't seen him play yet, have you? No. Okay. I already said this. I got run through the ringer on Twitter about it. Anthony Richardson's the biggest boomer bust of all four. He could be spectacular. Like he could be top of the line, your franchise, a Super Bowl quality quarterback, or he could absolutely bust. He's the most physically talented. He's the most physically gifted. His comp to me is Patrick Mahomes. Anthony that Richardson. That is high praise. It is high praise. And I realize how That's far I'm praise. going. And the knock on him is that he's not, his completion percentage has been low. He has a career 53.8%. I wrote this down. 53.8% career percentage. Now, look, he played in the SEC. He played Georgia every year. He played Alabama every year. He played LSU every year. Both years. And he's starting quarterback of Florida. Mm-hmm. He's played highest level competition and not with a lot of pieces around him. You don't see any Florida players in this draft. But I'm going to give you a comp to somebody. He, he's athletic like Mahomes, but he's accurate like Josh Allen. Josh Allen at the University of Wyoming, his career completion percentage, 56.3. They say you can't make a player more accurate. Josh Allen is. Sure you can. Yes, you can. Can you make Anthony Richardson? That's the only question mark I have on. If you make him more, if he can complete more passes, and again, in a good offense, well-coached, with some players around him, and he should not be the starting quarterback day one. Give him one season. Say, hey, look, you didn't play as much at Florida. You had a couple games out this past season. The year before you had two games out with injury. Let's get you run at this league. And that's why he's perfect in Seattle, in Detroit, the Raiders. There is zero chance he gets past the Raiders. Probably. Even if he got past the Raiders, Atlanta's right there. Atlanta's right behind him. Yeah, Atlanta would be a fool enough to take him. 
Yeah. And, and, and that's why I, I said, at, these guys don't make it out of the top 10. None of them make no, it out of the top 10. And, and this guy shouldn't. And I saw the NFL.com's mock draft today has him going 12. And I was like, you out of your damn mind if you think he's dropping to 10 or 12. He has the most upside of all four of them. Now, he has the most ability to bust as well. I wholeheartedly admit that. And I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes. What I'm saying is there's going to be flashes that he's going to look like. And in the okay. right situation okay. with the right people, he could be an incredibly great player in this league. And I would just have to take that chance. If you go back to the draft a couple of years, a few years ago when when um, – when Mahomes was taken, he was taken 10th by the Chiefs. Every team that drafted one through nine would have taken. The only team that really didn't was, was Watson, was the team that took Watson. Well, actually, yeah. Mahomes went ahead of Watson that year. I have to look. But anyway, it was – you had – I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. yeah. Every team would have taken. I remember Sean Payton saying they were ready at 11 to take him. They still had Drew Brees. But Sean Payton said, I worked Patrick Mahomes out, and he had the best workout I've ever seen. How did it take that kind of talent? Oh, yeah. Some, some good coach is going to go in there and say, yeah, I can't uh, not take this. You know what I'd love to see? Because this guy never trades up. But how hilarious would it be if the one time Bill Belichick traded up he went for Anthony Richards. You know, and, and the interesting thing is, is as I was, lo- I was looking at it a little earlier at who had all the picks. Houston, Chicago, or the Houston, the Raiders, I think, have the most. I think they both have 12. Yeah. I believe, they, I believe the Patriots have 11. Yeah, they have a ton. So that it would not shock me, and if anything, it would send a message to Mac Jones. Well, you got to quite frankly, it's a message that needs to be sent. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that Mac Jones is going to be part of the deal. That's why if I'm the if I'm the Patriots, if I'm the Patriots, I'm on the horn right now with the Cardinals, and I'm saying okay, or the or even the Colts saying okay. This year's one, next year's one, and Mac Jones. Will you take it? If you're the Colts, you got to do it. It's a good deal for Arizona, too. It's a good deal for Arizona considering how much Kyler Murray's injured. It's a good deal. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, that's, I think mean, I got to at least take a look at that. He's never traded up in his entire career as the head coach of the Patriots. It's true. He, never, he trades down 80% of the time in the first round. It doesn't trade up, but that's the kind of player you trade up for, and that's the kind of player that the Raiders. And honestly, it's something. It's something Belichick needs to do. Yeah, and he needs if, to break his mold because he's kind of in a funk as a coach at this point. Yeah. Well, and if you're the Titans at eleven, you kind of be making that phone call. I mean, yeah, you're sitting on Ryan Tannehill, but what are you going to do if I could turn around and call the Cardinals and say? Our one this year, our one next year, and Derrick Henry. Let me move into three. You got to do it. 
Oof. I don't know if I'd give him two ones and Derrick Henry. I would in a minute because you don't. Derrick Henry's now a luxury they can't afford. True. This is true. So if you can put him with tough two call to make. to move up to three, because it's going to take a fortune to move up from 11 to three. Oh, that's, yeah, this is true. To get three, three from anywhere is, is, is going to cost you a lot. Yeah, so it's going to cost you. But if you can do it, that, that's where, again, th- number three, the, the Cardinals having a quarterback, and we don't see this often, where a team is in the top five because basically they had an injury at quarterback like the Cardinals did last year with Aaron, with um, Tyler Murray. So there's the it should be the anomaly. It really isn't in their case because he isn't that good a quarterback. But they're in the top five, really shouldn't be, and they either go take the best available player. But the problem is you've got three of these goddamn quarterbacks. You could get a shitload of value by trading down to 10 and taking a, a couple different players in there. The problem is now no J.J. Mm-hmm. Watt, and it's going to be appealing to the Cardinals to look at Will Anderson to replace J.J. Watt. Yep. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to me. So I think that that's where I'm out with the quarterbacks. And, again, if I'm – every situation to me is different on how you look at these four. If I'm one and two, I don't think I would take Anthony Richardson. I just don't think because of those two teams and situations. But three on down, yeah, I got to go. I got to get this done. And, but if I was going to just, if I'm just blank check, blank, you know, you know, uh, the, if I'm just saying who's the best upside, it's Anthony Richardson. That's the guy I would take. But again, he may not be the right situation. So that's where I'm going there. Um, you know, look out. It's going to be crazy. As we get through this, we've also got the two great front defensive seven players. We talked about him, said him by name already. Jalen Carter from the University of Georgia, Will Anderson from Alabama. There was talked that a year ago, people thought Will Anderson was the consensus number one player in this draft. He probably was. It's just these quarterbacks have been so good. I mean, it was, will it be Anderson or Bryce Young at number one? Was the talk after the draft last year. And in this case, Stroud played his way in, and Richardson's played his way in. Those sort of things. Jalen Carter played his way think, in during the during the season. Yeah, and I would I would also say that at the end of last year's draft, that's what it looked like. But when you get to after the season this year, that quarterback need at, for some teams has hit hard, and it yes, becomes glaringly well obvious. Well put. Yeah, you go all of a sudden going. Well, if I'm picking in the top five, I probably need a quarterback. And you have to take the franchise. Yeah, if this were last year, we wouldn't have had this. We wouldn't have thought this last year. We wouldn't even considered this with that, nope. especially with that class that and class with what teams awful. had at that time. Yeah, that class was awful last year. Any of these four, including Will Levis, is the number one overall pick last year. Let's be Absolutely. very clear about that. And, and that's just, it, it's bad timing for all four of them. But any of those four is the number one guy last year. And maybe the year before. So, um, but I look at those front seven guys. And again, Jalen Carter from Georgia. To me, I like Jalen Carter better than Will Anderson. It ain't by a lot. They're both going to be fantastic on your pro bowlers. They both could have Hall of Fame great careers. 
I like Carter Carter a little better against the rush, uh, which I think you're going to have to have in the league now. And yeah. the thing hurting Jalen Carter is the car accident. I don't know if you know the story. Have you heard the story of Jalen Carter? What happened with him? Uh, that was the uh, the racing thing, right? With the with the the parade the after the parade. The specials- yeah, he was in the after the after the Georgia Championship parade. He was in his car with a member of the Georgia recruiting staff, a young lady, and they got in a car accident. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of one of those yeah. not making a good decision, young man, kind of things. Um, the the other couple of things I think is going to be interesting in this draft, this first round, is. You know, we we always talk about this great skill position player, whether it's a wide receiver or one of these hybrid tight ends or running backs. You know, running backs don't really go in the first round. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen any of this, Ricardo, but there's not a lot of good receivers in this draft. Last year's draft had, what, seven going to first round? Yeah, it was very Everyone wide receiver has, early up. Early up we'll have lucky to took two this year. Um. You've got um, Jackson Smith, can you reduce his last name, Injingba from Ohio State, who I think is yeah. great. Yeah, who's great. And then um, uh, Flowers from Boston College. And uh, I think both of them are fantastic. Um, Smith played with Stroud at, at Ohio State. One of the knocks on Smith is is that he's on the other side of the offense for Marvin Harrison Jr. And so there's talk that, you know, he's not going to be that great of an impact player because he's always had man coverage because you have, like, the anomaly. <laughs> you, have, you have the next big thing, the Randy Moss of this generation on the other side. Right. And, and watch watch next year Marvin Harrison Jr.'s a, a top five pick. I mean, right I now, if I had to make it, he'd be, he'd be number two right now. It was me ranking him now. Fantastic. He's not even. I would bet he's not even going to do workouts for teams. He's going to go out to the. He's going to go to the combine. He's going to break all. He's going. He's going he's to have a fucking great time. He's going to kill it, and he's going to be like, whoever's two is drafting me. So just whoever's two take. Yeah. He's he he he's more athletic than his five, and he didn't kill anybody. So that's always a good thing. Hey, some people know and some people don't. I ain't messing with Marvin Harris. He looks like this nice librarian type of guy. He killed a dude. He in cold blood killed a dude. Look, Google that shit. At his car wash, he killed a dude. I'm not messing with Marvin Harris. I ain't not touching nothing. I ain't touching Marvin nothing. Harris the, yeah. ain't nothing. He's out of the league. I ain't going to touch him. Yeah. And then, so we got, the, we got those two great defenders, but also, you have two tight ends that could go in the first round. Um, Michael Meyer, that's a funny name, not Mike Myers, Michael Meyer uh, from Notre Dame is kind of considered to be the best all-around tight Meyer end. Meyer or Mayer? It, I think it's Mayer, I think it's actually the way it's, yeah. Okay. Um, it's M-A-Y-E-R. Um, He's a better receiver. I'm trying to think of the one that plays for the Bears now. God damn it. I can't think of his name. And it also came from Notre oh, Dame. Um, uh, didn't they just get him from uh, Steelers? No, not Zach Ertz. I'm talking about the – they drafted a tight end two or three years ago. Who was a Notre Dame guy. Oh, okay. He was a better blocker yeah, I don't than Mayer, but not as good a receiver. Um, 
Mayer is not the best blocker, and he is not the best receiver. But he's the best combo of both. Um, he's sort of a, oh, what am I trying to say? Kind of a Zach Ertz kind of guy that can do both things. Yeah. Fairly well enough uh-huh. that he should be a first-round pick. Um, and then Dalton Kincaid from Utah. This is yep, the one that they're comping yeah. to Travis Kelsey. Really? Yes. Athletic as hell. Can jump out the fucking just a guy can jump. He's got hands and he is a problem to match up with in man coverage. Can't block a soul. But the right quarterback, the right situation, he's a first round pick. And again, the comp there is, and when you make these comps, it's a style thing. It's not, we think they're going to perform at that level. To sure, say someone's sure, going to yeah. be Travis Kelsey saying he's one of the top five tight ends of all time. I mean, that's just, that's a little too much to put yeah. on anybody. Um, but those are really your only four skill position players as far as receivers that are going to go in this first round. We're not going to see like last year when it was just receiver city. I mean, everyone was trading up to get the best ones, trading back to get one that they thought was sneaky good. We're not going to see any of that. It's going to be a little boring after those quarterbacks are gone and those two defensive players are gone because then it's going to be corner, tackle, corner, tackle, corner. There's going to be eight fucking corners in the first round this year. Well, we're, we're, we're talking about how, how centric the quarterback is to an offense right now. you got to start looking at your defensive backs across yeah. the board. Especially if you're in the AFC, you need a defense. If, you're yeah. the, if you don't have a defense, you're not able to hold up against these uh, powerful offenses. If you, you, yeah. if you think you're going to get out against the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs, and whoever else improves this year in the in in the, in the draft and in free agency, Jets are there. Let's not forget that if you want to make it to the playoffs, you better have a defense. You better be able to make some interceptions. You better be able to pressure a quarterback, yeah. or you ain't gonna you're not gonna make it. I don't care who you have. Look, we've talked about this before. I think in the NFL, the, the three most important positions on the field are quarterback left tackle, and corner. <laughs> you got to have a corner. Mm-hmm. you got to have one that can lock a son of a bitch down. you got to have a tackle, protect your quarterback, and the quarterback is everything. Um, this draft has got a half a dozen of them that can be franchise. Put him here. He's starting and going to be there. Uh, Devin Witherspoon is the number one guy. People seem to he's got the highest scores when you do the, all the rankings and everything mm-hmm. from University of Illinois. Um, the one that I, I saw a lot in college, and the name will be recognizable, is Joey Porter Jr. Yes, he is yeah. that Joey Porter's son. Um, a tackling machine, <laughs> an absolute tackling machine at corner, and can cover. Um, there's a great Christian Gonzalez Morgan is another one I've watched quite a bit. And a local kid, uh, Julius Brents from K-State. Um, He's a first-round grade. It will not surprise me at all if he goes in the first round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. K-State's going to represent. K-State's going to have a couple of players to sneak. I think mean, he'll sneak into the first round. And then I think that um, 
the running back, uh, Deuce. Um, I can't reduce his last name now, but he'll move up. I think third or fourth round. But get ready. I mean, and then I'll look at a couple other guys. To take a look at uh, Keely Ringo from Georgia. You know the Georgia guys. When you think about this, there's going to be a few of those guys: Jalen Carter and Ringo, a couple of others. Mm-hmm. People are going to say, "Well, they played on great defenses." Well, how about they were great defenses because they were great players? Yeah, it, it, I, I get I get tired of of thinking that any one player is that great, but I yeah. do believe that the right players can make a team great. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and you've you've seen me, you've heard me go off on coaches, you know, that I think are mm-hmm. awful. But I also think with the right coach, a team can gel to be something really special. Uh, and we've saw, we've seen that we've seen that in the NFL. Uh, we saw it last year with with the Eagles, where they you know they're coming off a rough year and everything just kind of clicked. You saw that with you know we were talking about Brian Dayball and what he did with the Giants. We're talking about the Jets and how they they gelled together very well and didn't have the quarterback they needed. They're you know one or two pieces away from doing something really special. You know, if you you need the talent to be there. And if you have a, a player who showed, who has the numbers and it could show the athleticism and was on a successful squad, you know they can fit because they know how to work with their teammates. So mm-hmm. that doesn't knock me that they say, well, yeah, they might were, they were on a great defense, so he was good. Or they were good because he was a part of it as well and everything clicked. There's a part of it, there's something there, that intangible piece that helps bring a squad together to make it better than any, any, you know, better than the sum of its parts. Yeah. And I would, and I'm in favor of that. I don't, I don't need the best player. If I can get a player who can fit my scheme. Yeah. That's pretty well, pretty well put. It's, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, one thing I was going to ask you, I think we've talked about this in the past. You know, my quote has been for the last few years, running back is the most replaceable position in an NFL roster. And I don't think you should take a running back in the first round. It's a waste of a pick, in my view. Waste of the value of the pick. Mm-hmm. Uncle Rico, I think I found one I disagree with myself on. Oh, really? Have you seen B. John Robinson from the University of Michigan? He is the number from Michigan. He's on. Yeah. He should. Okay, I'm looking at him right now, and it says Texas. I'm sorry. I'm being tired. Yes, I'm. He's the one from Texas. I'm being the okay. other <laughs> who's a senior who's going to be a senior this year. Okay. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Next year, was the one who had the, next year's draft. Yeah. Yeah. B. John Robinson is the one who had the the most impressive game I've ever seen against the Alabama. Um, against the Nick Saban Alabama offense where he just mm-hmm. murdered Alabama for three and a half quarters until Bryce Young took that game over. Um, BJ Rob, B. John Robinson is the truth. He is for real. This is to me, uh, this is Jonathan Taylor. And do you draft Jonathan Taylor in the first round? That's 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 high praise. 
I, I don't I don't look at the running back position quite as expendable as you do. I yeah. I believe a team can't win without a run game. And we've yeah. we've complained about how much teams didn't run yeah. this last All year. We complained a lot about having a good running back and not utilizing and using it to their best abilities, especially when you have two good running backs and you're not running the ball enough. Um, I think, I think if you're going to, if you're going to give that much high praise, this, this could be, this could be something because I, I, I am in the the same boat where running backs don't typically don't last long, but I think they are valuable to the offense they're in because without it that offense will not well it's too one-sided too yeah. too one-dimensional yeah well so, it, i think that a run game has more to do with scheme blocking ability and a committee of backs because it's just not that many because like you said it's a short window it's it, you just don't get much tread on the tires and when the tread is off those tires it's off and we've seen that in the last number yeah, of years. I agree. We look at Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, look, the treads off the tires. I mean, and he's young. He's not even thirty. I and agree, and it, I feel bad for it. It's, it. I always thought they overpaid for Ezekiel, and I thought that they could. I am. I am of the opinion at this point, having watched enough football, that I don't think any one running back is enough yeah. for a team. I think I would rather have. Two B's than one A, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I I think that yeah, you can pop a tire for a couple of weeks or something like that, but you need to be able to get by with a spare and be able to have someone who can step up and have game time on the regular. And maybe yeah. it's maybe you're splitting with the quarterback twenty twenty, you know, twenty passes, twenty runs, and they're divvying it up twelve eight, ten ten, whatever it may be. But you better have a running back, a running game. You better have a running back. You better have two if you're going to go deep. Yeah. Because you need that running game to control at a minimum, at a minimum. And we've talked about this as well last year, multiple times, especially against Kansas City. You better be able to control the clock against certain offenses. That's done through the running game. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's going to be tough. This is a guy who can help in your run game. And this is a guy who can be that – Jonathan Taylor type of guy. You could say this is a bell cow. 20 game, 20 carries a game. There's not many of them. Mm-hmm. You look at the projections, you look at the players who are behind him, and you say, okay, well, let me look at these running backs. There's a pretty good drop-off between one and the next one at two. And then there's a huge drop-off from two on down. Um Jamiah oh, Gibbs yeah, from, from, from Alabama wow, is number two. Is- What's that? Yeah, I'm looking. I was just looking at these grades, and uh, on on the between one and two, and then uh-huh. two to three. You're right. It yeah. really the grades are not good. It's huge. Yeah, and the number three guy, uh, T uh, J Spears. That is how you say yeah. his name. He's from my hometown. He's from Hammond, Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. He's too, yeah. <laughs> too late. He is too running back. Uh, conference Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year in the American Conference. Um, can do is a dual back. He's going to go somewhere in the second round, late second round. Maybe he drops to the early mm-hmm. third. Uh, Gibbs could be one of those late first round, early second round guys. More likely to the second round just because of again, the value of running backs. 
But I'm interested to see where Robinson goes because someone's taking the stretch to take him. And it should be a good team. Like it should be a Kansas City, a Cincinnati. Um, it, it should be something. Um, let me look here. I want to get my draft picks there later. You know who should take him? Uh, Dallas Cowboys can take a look at him. What's that? That Cowboys should definitely look at him. Yeah. I would think if he's available at twenty-seven, at the Cowboys pick, he's gone. But I don't know if he honestly. Them. I don't. If he's that good, I don't see him getting past Jacksonville at twenty-five. Jacksonville's got uh, Etienne, and they're going to ride Etienne. I don't, I, to me, I, what, I, did I, what I just say, what I just say about riding a single running back. Yeah, but you're gonna if you can get him, get him on his rookie get him on his rookie contract. Yeah, get him for a couple of years. Yeah, and then you can trade him away later for value when he's shown himself good. Yeah, well, I think that in in Travis Etienne's case, I think that Jacksonville thinks he's a a a bell cow. I think you'll see that moving forward. Yeah, I don't see them bring. I can see them bringing in a fourth round pick to be a backup or a veteran to be a backup. But I don't see them going into There's a lot of needs you can still get in Jacksonville. Um, but, yeah, there are some teams that will look, and I, I find him to be interesting. Um, I do like him I, at Dallas behind Pollard. If you put Pollard there with him, uh-huh. if he's as good as you say, I do like him in Dallas. He, I, I think that Dallas would be, is that would be great for me. I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas trades up for him. I would not be a bit surprised. Yeah. I think he I could also who would he trade I could also see Tampa looking at him at 19, but Tampa needs would, so much help on their offense now. Yeah, that's what I, I was looking at that exact pick and as well to trade issue, up to. That's the issue Tampa's got is that Tampa has needs they can't address in this draft early. They've got they all got sorts lot. of offensive needs. They don't have the guys. And there's not good replacements in this draft. So I don't think they go for right, I I mean, Robinson at 19. I don't think be honest they, here. They have they, needs, they have needs everywhere, to including quarterback. Yeah, they're going to have to go corner or they're going to have to go. Um, and I know they would love to get their hands on Anthony Richardson. But they don't have the necessary tools to move up high enough. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm looking yeah. to see real quick what they have for cap. They don't have. They got three six round picks. They don't have in two fives. And you they got can't, one, two, three, two fives, three sixes, and a seven. That they, huh. they really can't afford to give up picks to move up. That's yeah. the problem with them. They need everything they have. Look, look before we get to the end and kind of my off the grid watch guys. Is there a team that you think? can really improve themselves in this draft? Like, do, is there a team that you say, hey, if they have a solid first and second round and bring on a couple of players in some spots, they can really improve themselves? Yes, and it's it, we've talked about them before, and it's Detroit. They got Detroit. two ones and two twos. Yeah. And that's, where I said, that's why – yeah, they got they got two they got two ones at six and eighteen and two twos at seventeen and twenty four. So they're they're they have a chance to really grab some impact players early. Yeah, they don't have a lot. I mean, it, 
three, two, five, six, and six. You know, they they don't have a lot they need to give up for, but they are also on the upswing. They filled some holes last year in a big way. Yeah. And they're probably in one of those teams, like we talked about the Jets, they're probably just a couple of pieces away from really breaking through and making an impact in, you know, getting to the play. They just missed the playoffs. And quite frankly, they deserve to be there last year. And we talked about that. This could be where they fill those gaps. Where in the yeah. regular season, it makes a difference in those close games um, and see where they are. I could see, you know, we talked about quarterback with them. I could also see them filling, a, you know, complimenting on their defense getting another quarterback, getting another end on the other side uh, of, and maybe looking at, you know, maybe they got a running back in there. Maybe they got a tackle in there, but I think they just need to shore up a couple of deficiencies there yeah. in a there. They could make a real big difference. Yeah. I know uh, a couple of teams to look at Eagles have yeah. two ones again, having taken new Orleans as 10, oh, yeah. 10 pick um, in the trade last year. And then, I mean Detroit, the uh, the Eagles, and then I think the Seahawks sitting there with five, the one they got in the Russell Wilson tra- uh, trade. How fucking yeah. genius do they look now? Jesus Christ! Yeah, they're I, another team with two ones and two twos. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's they're loaded on picks, and they're not a bad team. You fill a couple of holes if you draft well with these picks, you're going to be in a good spot. And then the team I think is kind of under the radar. We've only got the one pick in the first round, but they seem to be per- quietly putting together a pretty good roster again. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. If you if, know, I was thinking, I looked at that, and they do have two twos. They're, they're quietly getting there, but I don't have a lot of faith in the Steelers right now. Yeah based on what we saw last year, because they just barely squeaked out a, you know, a non-losing season. If you will. Well, and they had a rookie quarterback last year with Kenny Pickett. And, and the, 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 what I was going to say, the thing I'm saying about them is they're quietly improving if Kenny Pickett's the guy for them. So if, if he's, he's the guy, the we'll guy see, and well, he's going to be their quarterback. Be yeah. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting there. Um, hey, I've got a, the other, a couple the guys. Other team, Go ahead. Yeah, no, the go only ahead. other team that I'm looking at, the, the, the only other two teams that, you know, beyond Houston that I think could make a, could really improve themselves is the Raiders and the, and the Rams. That's because of the number of picks they have. The yeah. Rams doesn't, don't have a number one, but they've got quite, they've got three sixes, three fives. They got a lot yeah. of picks this year as well. They could do something to shore up some deficiencies they have. Problem is you just don't get you're getting filler spots and you're 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 they're not and this is the Rams problem with trading all those you know with that whole fucking fuck these picks thing that they've done the last three years. Man, you can't yeah. add starters day one if you don't have a day one or day two pick. And they don't. Yeah. When's the when's the Rams first pick? You got those in front of you. Sorry, the Rams first pick? Just I just had it. Let me go right back there. I will move over to the Raiders again. Their first pick oh. is, is is the fifth pick in the second round. They're, they're, okay, they don't so have, have a one. second round because they haven't had. They well, got actually two first or second. It, it's not too bad. They they got two threes, three fives, and three sixes and two sevens. They, they've got a lot of picks. They just don't have a first rounder. Yeah, really you gotta get to, a, they're uh, gonna have to start. They're gonna have to statement player. target guys 
and use those fives and sixes to move up to get guys at times. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. And, like they, they're wonder, a team that had like Houston, they could they have enough picks they could trade her up to move up into the first round, but they don't. They, I I don't see them doing that. They've got they had enough problems last year. I maybe they move into the first with with some of that, but I don't see it. Yeah. The other thing I wonder is last year, outside of a couple of trades, the cost of moving up was not very high last year. Um, the two teams that overpaid to move up, I remember New Orleans was one of them. It was just ridiculous that they paid to move up last year. Um, and there was one in the top five. And I don't remember it last year, but uh, there was two that were ridiculous. And then everything else, it was, this team moved up two picks in the first round, and we were hearing they were getting a four as the, the, the compensation. And that's really what you got to look at when you're making those picks is saying, okay, well, if I'm going to drop down, what do I get in return? And if I'm only getting a fourth-round pick, it's not worth it. So I want to see what the cost of doing business is this year. Um, I tend to think after those first five picks, after the four quarterback is six. The four quarterbacks and the two defensive front guys. I think the cost of doing business to move up is going to go down drastically. I agree. Yeah, I think if you're going to move up into the to get one of those, you're paying a premium to get into the top ten, probably the top five. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is that you're just not going to get. We talked about how there's a lack of skill position players in this draft. So what's the difference in the fifth best corner and the sixth best corner? You know, that kind of thing. What's the difference in the fourth tackle and the fifth? They're both going to be all going to be first round, you know. Like if I'm looking at it yeah. now and I'm looking at, you know, best available and I go to tackle, um, you know, I don't know there's a lot of difference between one and five. Probably is not a lot. And they'll and so they'll they'll be okay to move around a little bit with that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, then I think there's a couple of them that'll move way up this thing too. So, um, I always say every year I have a couple of players that I take a look at. You know, last year I was all over Wandell Robinson and I was all over um, uh, Brees Hall as guys to take a look at. And so I've got a couple of them this year. We've mentioned a couple of them already. Um, uh, T.J. Spears from Tulane. This guy's got star written all over him for me. I know he's from my hometown. I know he's from he's actually from Pontchartrain, Louisiana. Uh, but again, American Conference Player of the Year went to the Senior Bowl and kicked everyone's ass running back. Um, he's going to be probably a late second or early third round pick. Whoever takes him is going to be really happy if they get there. Um, it very similar to the type of production the Jets got from Brees Hall early in the season. Um, mm-hmm. On the defensive side, I like his teammate. Oh, Dorian Williams, the linebacker from Tulane. He was the American Conference Defensive Player of the Year uh, and has just murdered it at private workouts, killed it at the combine. This guy is a tackling machine. Um, he he not he just he doesn't hit, he tackles. And that's something that you don't see in the NFL. He can tackle anything. He could tackle a freight train if you wanted to. You know, if you if you and had I, a, you say that, you had, and I really like to hear. If you handed the ball off to an RV, and you said tackle the RV. Dorian Williams could do it. And see, that's 
you say that, and that is the, the most frustrating thing that I, when I watch an NFL game, is watching defenders not wrap up the player. It mm-hmm. pisses me off to no end where they just hit them, hoping to knock them yeah. over, and it doesn't. They don't, yeah. and whoever the, the ball carrier gets another three, five, fifteen yards because you didn't use your arms. You didn't wrap up. To, yeah. Even if you're just, even if you don't take him down, if you're just holding them, waiting for the next guy to take the, to get the hit, it just frustrates me to no end at how many yards given up because you don't know yeah. how to tackle correctly. Yeah, pisses me off. This is tackle. And then I mentioned uh, Michael Mayer already from from Notre Dame. I think he's a, he's going to be yeah. a first round pick. So that's not really a, a big thing. Uh, there's two quarterbacks though. I really like in this draft. I mentioned Hendon Hooker already. Someone's going to draft Hendon Hooker. They're going to put him on injured reserve. He's going to come back mid-season, and he'll be their quarter, starting quarterback in 2024. Um, yeah. If I'm the Patriots, if I'm the Titans, if 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 I can't get Anthony Richardson, that's your next best choice, and you can probably get him in the second round. I There's a chance he goes at the end of the first round. There's a chance that... Um, there's the, the Chiefs pick at the end. There's a chance the Chiefs will move up for something, or that somebody will want to trade into that pick just so that you can get the mm-hmm. fifth year option on the quarterback. Uh, for people who don't know what that means, if you're a first round pick, you get a guaranteed your four year contracts will be guaranteed. Not every year, the, the years are guaranteed, but a, a first round pick, you can team has a fifth year option, second yeah. rounders are three-year deals with a fourth option. If you're looking at a quarterback, especially someone that has to set out a year because of some injuries, you'd really like to have that extra year at a minimal cost because the difference in cost between 32 and 35 in the draft isn't a whole lot. So I would don't be surprised if the end of Thursday night's draft, if someone's calling the Chiefs, if the Chiefs are still sitting there going, move out of this pick, We'll give you something to move up three or five spots. Don't be surprised if it's the Texans if they don't pick a quarterback. Uh, don't be surprised if it's the Rams. Your Rams sitting there hmm. at, at the pick in the second round. That's true. Yeah, that, we were just saying they don't have one. They don't have a first or so, so yeah. they've got enough picks to play and move up. Yeah. What if the Seahawks play nice and go get a couple of other position pieces? And they're sitting there with the sixth pick in the second round, and they call the Chiefs and go, "Hey, we'll give you our, a pick to go back six, and we'll give you our three to move up." Again, yeah. that's a team that could take this guy, sit in behind Geno Smith for a year, and boom, now you got your next starting quarterback. So keep that in mind. There are some things in play. My New Orleans Saints are sitting at nine. Please, please, I say my. I'm so used to saying it. If you want me back, if you love me and you want me back, you find a way to get Hendon Hooker, and I'm back. And that, (laughs) the reason I ask is, if what if you know if Derek Carr starts, but he gets benched at week six or ten or something like that? We'll have to play that by ear. I have to commit to a team soon, and Uh, and 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 I'm gonna it's. Have you ever seen the baseball movie Bull Durham? You know I haven't. 
Okay, so we told you have asked movie, me that question at least five hundred times. I I, I, I believe I watched it once a long, long time ago. Okay, I wish I could tag in Ellen here because Ellen would know exactly what I'm talking about. The the part of Bull Durham is that there's a there's a fan of the team, the Durham Bulls, who every year she sleeps she's in a relationship with one of the players, and that player has the best year of his life and ends up moving up. Well, the whole thing becomes she can sleep. She decides she's either going to take the star pitcher who's this fresh out of high school kid. Um, the woman's played by Susan Sarandon, by the way, back in, back in the 80s. Sarandon, yeah. When she was a smoke Tim Robbins. She even still is at RA. Uh, and, and Tim Robbins was actually before they were married. Tim Robbins was the kid. Yeah. And then the other option was the grizzled veteran catcher who was brought down from AAA to tutor the pitcher, played by Kevin Costner. And right. I, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm saying, okay, is she, she has a line when she chooses the kid. She has a line that says, in the, the, in the dynamics of the baseball season, I am monogamous. Look, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to pick a team. I'm with them for this year. And if Derek Carr is gone, preferably if you take his coach, Dennis Allen, with him. I've set forth the goals, what has to happen. Now, adding this Hendon Hooker piece brings him back into my – if you add Hendon Hooker, I can be back in. But for this season, I still am going to be monogamous to whoever team I choose. And you haven't committed to a team yet. Uh, No, I'm going to let you – I'm going to update you. and And you know what? While I got you, we're going to have a rose ceremony. We're going to have. We're going to eliminate a couple of teams today. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I haven't. Had, I've only done these with Ellen so far. So, to catch everybody, if you haven't been listening, I was very upset that the New Orleans Saints signed Derek Carr. I said before they signed Derek Carr, if the New Orleans Saints signed Derek Carr, I am done as a Saints fan. I am forty-seven years old. I have been a Saints fan since I was a kid. I lived through. Wearing the bags on your head. Archie Manning was my hero. I have a dog named Archie. Um, you know, I named a kid after Peyton Manning because I could, well, Jen would not let me name a kid after Archie. Um, we've got, I'm a Saints fan. That's who I was for a very long time. You know, Katrina came along and it made me a bigger Saints fan because of how, what that represented to the city and the area and everything all the way represented there. Drew Brees is one of my guys, you know, that kind of stuff. But Derek Carr was a bridge too far, and I kept my word. I said, if you sign this guy, I'm out, and I'm out. The moment it happened, I was sad. I didn't even know about it. I got out of bed, and Jen told me about it. And I went to my bathroom, and I about cut my my wrists. Not true. I <laughs> I did go to the bathroom and stood in the shower for like an hour. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that I believe. In the, in, the, in the background, in my head, the soundtrack in my head was Boys the Men. It's so hard to say goodbye <laughs> <laughs> to yesterday. So yeah, we started out, and we basically took every team in the NFL, and I said, hey, who wants me? Who wants me to be their fan? And we made it very clear. Look, there are, there's a favorite here. Look, if you listen to yeah. me, if you know who I am, there's clearly a favorite. That's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's my guy. Um, the eliminated team, the first round of eliminated teams, the Dallas Cowboys, because I've always hated the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they're, they're out. 
The 49ers, I eliminated early because basically because of you, Uncle Rico, I could not swap over to the 49ers after all these arguments we've had all season about them. <laughs> the Kansas I was State. Say, where, I was literally thinking that. I was like, where are the 49ers fit? Is it because of everything you said all year, or is it the just because is it spite? Or what is it? Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs. Now, look, this was a hard one because I live in Lawrence, Kansas. And, you know, everybody I know is a Chiefs fan here, but I couldn't be a front runner. I have a real problem with that. I, you know, it's just like I, you don't become a Laker fan. You don't become a Yankee fan. Don't be a fan of a team because they won two Super Bowls in five years. So they were out. The fourth one was easy. That was the Atlanta Falcons. I will not be a Falcons <laughs> fan coming off being a Saints fan. I just – you know, that's like going from the dark side of the force to the Sith. You just you the Sith to be in the, the, the light side. I just can't do it. No, I'm dark side for life. In we fairness, I think you can I think in fairness you can eliminate the entire NFC South. Probably so. The next week, we eliminated three more teams. The Green Bay Packers, because they were fucking around this Aaron Rodgers thing, and I wanted nothing to do with it. The Baltimore Ravens, and that had everything to do with Lamar Jackson. I was very pissed at how they handled Lamar Jackson. You can't bring me back in the fold on that. They're out. You and I are on the same page there. If you'll do that to to Lamar Jackson, you'll do that to any player on your roster. Absolutely. So I was out. And not that I'm the biggest fan of Lamar. I like Lamar a lot. But if you're willing to do that to a guy who's been an MVP on your team and is young, no, fuck you. You'll treat all your players like that. The other one was the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a team I think is on the come up, but I wasn't willing to go with them because they're owned by the Khan family. And if you listen to all my wrestling stuff, right. you know how much I hate Tony Khan. So, because he won't hire me, basically. I told Tony Khan, I can fix all of them. Just, yeah. And like I said, the reason I didn't take on the Jacksonville Jaguars is Tony Khan won't hire me. If he won't hire me, I can fix it all. I can fix AEW. I can fix the Jaguars. He just won't hire me. So <laughs> the Jaguars are out because of Tony Khan. Um, this week, we're going to eliminate some more teams. Now, I've been doing this with Ellen, and she'll return for the point five. And I want to have some more. We'll her and I'll talk a little more. But um, here's the eliminated teams this week. The Cleveland Browns are eliminated. Deshaun Watson is the reason they're eliminated. I'm just going to be real blunt about these. Yeah, so Cleveland, you're out. The New York Jets is also out. Now, look, acquiring Aaron Rodgers is good for their team, but I can't root for them. The Jets are out. Oh, that's totally understandable. All right. The Arizona Cardinals are out. Good call. The Arizona Cardinals, because I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, they don't have they, they ain't got no clues. They ain't got no suspects. And I just I will bet you a dollar they fuck up this trade for the third pick of the draft. Probably. Yeah. The last team, Uncle Rico, you kind of mentioned this earlier. I'm gonna knock out the Carolina Panthers. Even though I'll, they, if they draft Bryce Young, it's great draft pick. They've got a good core. I think they've got some good things going there. But 
again, I can't, I can't stay in the same division. So Carolina is out. And since Carolina is out, we might as well make Tampa out since they're in the same NFC South. So let's review. We got five teams that are out on possible fandom of me this coming year. The Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets, the Arizona Cardinals, Carolina Panthers, Tampa Bay. So now we've eliminated, make sure I get this number right. We've eliminated 12 teams. We will eliminate some more on Friday's podcast. And we're going to get there sooner than later, I think, and get this down to one team. If you're betting odds, if you're on DraftKings and you're going to bet on this, it is still a pretty safe bet to take the, uh, take the Bengals. Because, again, of Joe Burrow, well, let's see what the draft does. The draft could change some minds. I mean, where does Hennon Hooker go? And then, where does yeah. go? There's – Bengals would have been my front runner until the until, – if it had been any time all last year, I would have easily said the Bengals. I've got two other teams that are probably neck and neck. Who was here? I won't say. Hear. We'll let you, let none of go through your elimination process. I I, I don't want to. I don't want to bias anything. Like here and outside, I want to hear. I'll be able to recruit me. Recruit. What you got? Give me a couple well, of teams I should be rooting for. Yeah, beyond the Bengals, the, I would think the front runners. I'm going to say which you know one way or the other. Anything. Obviously, both you and I are both uh, very much in favor of success for the Lions. Hmm. I, I like what they're doing. I like the trajectory they're taking. Yeah. And I, and I think you and I have been on the same page with them uh, all last year. Love me some Dan Campbell. Uh, so the, should... other one, the other one is the Eagles. I think that's the, the you know, you put the two of them with the Bengals. I, to me, that's the, the, you know, like my, that final, you know, that top three. I could see out of the draft, I could see other teams bumping up there for what they do and, and what happens. Uh, you know, if Houston gets Lamar, like we talked about, that could change. That could change a lot of opinions. Houston's an easy one to think about, too, because it's so close to Louisiana, where I'm from. Houston's uh-huh. a big LSU city. You know, Derek Stingley's on that team, who I'm a big fan of. And they're doing some right things. They're, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I remember it was with you or with Ellen, I said if I was a coach that was available this offseason, that was the gig I would have taken. There was and no we doubt. We talked about Sean Payton going there. Yeah, I said if there was any gig that was open that I could take, that was the one I would take. And it looked like a terrible job because of the roster. And I'm going, no, you got draft picks and cap space and an owner that wants to win. Fuck yeah, give me that. Give me that yes. situation. Yeah, people who think are thinking low on, on the Texans is a good job are people who are thinking about Texans over the last five to seven years, not yeah. what they can be going forward if you're taking over as a head coach. What hurt the Houston Texans? We'll get into this a little bit. What hurt the Houston Texans was the 21-point, lowering the 21-point lead to the Chiefs. Yeah. Four years ago. When they blew that lead, that changed the trajectory of the team forever because it was that they fire Bill O'Brien the next season. Deshaun goes through the Deshaun Watson stuff. You know, no, they had to trade J.J. Watt, the most popular player in the history of the franchise. Oh, yeah. 
you had, I mean, it was just one thing after another. And it's like, well, what the fuck? But now they've weathered that storm and they got a mm-hmm. bunch of picks in hand and they got a, they have the youngest roster in the league. They need a quarterback. That's okay to me. The new I was a new coach. You get to choose the quarterback you want. An owner who she wants to win. This is her. This is her husband's team. She wants her husband's team to win in a city that will support a winner. If you haven't seen it, the city of Houston will support a fucking winner. When the Rockets were good, Absolutely. they were all about it. University of Houston basketball, they're all about it. The Astros. All about it. Damn every game now. It, if you are a good team there, it's one of the five biggest cities in America as well. You got a vast fanhood, dude. I, I could get down with them. I'm again, that's a team that if I was gonna if I was gonna handicap it, they're probably in the top five. I mean, yeah, I, yeah I, I would agree. The Lions have got everything I want except a good quarterback. But Man, I, I'm down with Dan Campbell. I'd run through a brick wall for Dan Campbell. Should have been the same. I think coach. a few people would. Dude, dude, he should have been. <laughs> should, been. should have been. Should yeah, have Sean been. Sean Hayes stepped down a year before because that was the deal. He was going to – it would have been Campbell. And he didn't want to leave. He and Breeze, they could run it back one more time. And he thought he could run it back one more time without Drew Breeze. And, Yeah. I just know it's really bad. That's probably my top tier. Like, you ever yeah. you ever watch Nick's Tears? No, that's on, uh, He's a uh, Fox Sports. He does the uh, was it Nick Wright? He does these oh, tears every, during the season. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I love Nick Wright. I actually yeah. knew Nick a little I, bit when he was radio here in Kansas City. Oh, I played cool. cards with him a few yeah, times. I would Great. say probably Bengals are that top tier right now. I think Eagles and Lions and that next tier. Beyond that, I'll, I'll let the elimination flow, but I could see something like a Buffalo or a Miami yeah. uh, come to you, come to bubble up near the top, depending upon how this draft comes out. Um, the draft's going to probably my top. next two. The, do, yeah. the draft's going to mean a lot. Seattle could be something out of this draft Dude, that really entices you. A, a team that could really improve and take the huge jump in this draft is Seattle. We talked about it earlier. Seattle, you always yeah. got to look at teams that have two first-round picks, and they don't have the one glaring quarterback need. If you got yeah. two first-round picks, I mean, look what the Eagles did last year. They had two first-round yeah. picks. They got two again this year, and they don't have a, a glaring need. You're just going and drafting <laughs> the player that's going to fit your team the best, and they're going to be extremely high quality. God damn! I mean. You just you do that. You make that deal. Yep. And, and that's how that's how good teams stay good teams. When you have a down year or you make a draft, a trade, like I mean, Seattle and um and Philly were both teams that made trades last year for picks for the following year on teams that got worse, drastically worse. And they both knew it. Seattle yeah. knew when they were giving Russell Wilson to Denver that Denver wasn't going to be good. They knew how high that pick was going to be. They didn't, maybe it was top five. They knew that it was going to be a high pick. It was going to be a top ten pick. So oh. they did the same thing with the Saints last year, and they got that extra pick thrown in there. The Saints might have won it on draft day last year, 
But we knew the Saints weren't going to be a Super Bowl contender, not even really a playoff contender. You're looking at the number 10 pick now. That's what's that's yeah. what a good GM does. A good GM says, hey, I'll take this deal because that's a better pick next year. And I can add depth to a really yeah. good team. Yeah, I mean that's beyond yeah, beyond I would say yeah, past those tiers, you I I could still see potential for your fandom with and and it's weird to say this, the Giants, the Bears. I think are in the running based on what the draft happens. Cause I think the bears Oops. have the most to improve. I think giants coming off with Dayball as coach of the year could be smart and do something really nice there and, and, and stay up yeah. at the top with the, with the Bengals. Yeah. There's some potential here. There's some really yeah, Let's talk about them real quick. The giants. I love what they did. And I love what they did in the off season. Again, they played it well with the picks that the, the, the issues they had. People yes. will laugh at how much money they gave to Daniel Jones. That's the cost of doing business now. And by not franchising Daniel Jones and giving him the deal and committing to him being your quarterback and then franchising Saquon Barkley, you saved money on the cap. You know you got your quarterback for the next three or four years. He knows he's your quarterback for the next three or four years. You got one of the best five running backs in the league, and not one of the best three running backs in the league. And you got him at a price that's acceptable. And now you freed up some ideas for the future. That's mm-hmm. what good GMs do. And that's that what yeah. the Giants did was incredible. Um, who was the team you just mentioned? You mentioned the Giants and you, the Bears. Bears, the same Bears. thing. They trade out of the number one overall pick. You know, and you look at that and you go, well, why? Well, because I've already got Justin Fields. I don't need Bryce Young. Exactly. The only way you take Bryce Young is if you can trade Justin Fields in the trade. Yep. But they're sold on Justin Fields. So then th- yes. this is where I say they're in that mix because they made the smart move yes. to get out of the way and not waste the number one overall on a quarterback they don't need. Well, and the thing is that it's value. They looked at it and said, okay. Exactly. You now, there's, there's two reasons you, you make franchise and you make these contracts. It's either sentiment or business. And most yeah. of the time, it's business. This is a smart move by Chicago to go down to nine. They're still in, in the one in the yeah. first round. They just moved down to nine because it fits what they need better. Yeah. It's a well, smart and, move. and what you got in addition to that number nine pick gives you enough flexibility that if you want to move up to five or six on draft day to grab Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And you know what the Bears want? The Bears want Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech to fall to, to 10. Or to, what are they? They're, tw- they're nine? Is that they're right? nine. Yeah, they're nine right now. Nine. If Tyree Wilson drops the nine, and the Bears can take him, they're already better than they were last year. Absolutely. And you've gained Absolutely. another pick. Yeah. And if I recall correctly, did they get the one next year from the Panthers? I don't remember. The nine pick is their only one this year, so I would assume that's accurate. They got the one next got year. two twos. Yeah. They got two twos of three, two fours, two fives, and two sevens. So then you think about it. 
if you're the Bears next year, let's say Justin Wilk, I said Justin Wilk, just if if um, Justin Fields does not work, almost Justin. You know who Justin Wilson is? The cook. I guarantee you ever heard of that guy. I'll tell you later. Anyway, yeah, if Justin doesn't work out, then um, you can you have enough flexibility in next year's draft to try to move up. Because we all know who's one. Like, we'll say it, and we all kind of knew Bryce Young would be number one. If it wasn't him, it was Will Anderson. But Caleb Williams is different. Like, if I'm a New Orleans Saints, I'm taking 17 games. I'm not even going to try to win games this year. I would take, <laughs> I'd take, I'd fire everybody in the fucking building, and I'd be like, all right, I get a coach, and I'm getting, and I'm getting Caleb Williams. Let's go. I'm going to get Coach Bo to come in here, coach this team, and he gets Caleb Williams. And I'm going to go, all right, boys, let's go. I got the best quarterback in the division. I might have the best one in the conference. Because he's a superstar. He is – if he could go now, if he could go now, he would be the first round, first pick in this draft. There's just no doubt. I mean, he – was I was looking, the ESPN rankings have Bryce Young rated at 95. Caleb Williams will be at 97. I, so, yeah. I mean, he is going to be that, he's that much better. He's ridiculously good. And he gets another year with two quarterback coaches over there. Now they brought in um, um, Arizona's former head coach, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury is being brought in as the fucking quarterbacks coach, a special offensive assistant, which means he's sitting, uh, yeah. in, he's sitting in the QB room helping Caleb Williams become a better NFL quarterback. Better he's going to the Heisman again. He's going to be the first two-time Heisman guy. Well, the second because Archie Griffin won it twice. But, yeah, he'll be the first quarterback to win the Heisman twice. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft. He's – it's not an exaggeration to say that Caleb Williams could be Patrick Mahomes. It we won't be see. an exaggeration. I'll say it this way. It won't be an exaggeration to say in the right situation that Caleb Williams will be better than Patrick Mahomes. Oh, and 17, baby. Go 0 and 17 this year. <laughs> you know, that actually brings up an interesting question. Looking at this year's draft. Mm-hmm. And you, and I've said it. I said it even today, at how often college players bust because they can't make the transition. Yeah. So here's yeah. here's my question to you: between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, who is who do you think is going to bust? One of them's going to. If I was to say one bust, it's Young. The Young. safer pick is Stroud. Stroud is by far the safer pick. If if I had to say the, the bust ability, to say this one's not going to be as good. Now, look, I think it's more prevalent that Young is going to be a better quarterback than Stroud. But if I had to say who I think's the higher percentage that can bust, to me, it's absolutely Bryce Young. And it's only because of his size, and he's going to have to play in an offense that's going to have to tweak things because of his size and his skill. You're going to have to find the right situation. Now, look, he can be Jalen Hurts. He can be Drew Brees. 
But I know it's C.J. Stroud. I could probably stick him in any offense, and he's going to be tangible. He's going to be good enough to at least get me to the playoffs. Okay. That, that's and the way. There he, is a tremendous upside that Bryce, that Bryce Young has that C.J. Stroud does not. If you said uh-huh. I, it's just as likely, in my view, and again, I could be wrong, but the way I look at this is, the 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 way you're looking at the who could bust more? Yeah, I think it's young. But who's more likely to win multiple Super Bowls? It's also young. Bryce it, Young could it, be an MVP okay. before can be. So I'll answer the same question just to be fair. Okay. I think whoever Carolina picks is the bust. I and see, I can see your point there. And and here's why I say that. I don't believe Carolina knows how to coach a quarterback to success. So I think whoever they pick, they will bust because they, they don't have enough. They don't know how to do it. That's why I say, I like D'Amico Ryan. I like him in Houston. I like Houston's position in this year overall in this draft. I think whoever, if, if they pick a quarterback, which I know they said they have it. If they do get a quarterback, if they don't get Lamar, if they pick one here, I think they have the success. I think Carolina busts. Here's by where I, not I, by I, the I, player, I, by the coach. Yeah. Here, I do understand where you're at, and people are going to say I'm going to say this. I think Frank Wright's a good coach. I think he's a really good coach. He did not. He was not as good at Indy as he could have been at the end. Again, when you're trying to play Matt Ryan and um, whoever the redheaded cocksucker, I can't think of his name right now, uh, Carson Wentz. You're playing those two guys at quarterback. Oh, yeah, last yeah. Time. You might have a lot of chances. But Sorry. here's where I knew that Carolina has a real shot at doing something special. And people are going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're saying this. Special offensive assistant Jim Caldwell. Tell me a quarterback that he just played for him that wasn't good. I'll wait. He's made every quarterback good. Might be waiting a while. Now I'm telling you, every quarterback that's played and for that him might be, else played fucking fantastic. Jared and Goff that might be their fantastic. smartest move is having him. That that could very well be the smartest move to solve yeah. that problem oh, yeah. is having him. I, 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 I get exactly what you're saying. Where I... I just don't have a lot of faith in Carolina as an organization to solve that problem. They have too much history of not having a good quarterback. If you look at what they've done in the past couple of months, a lot of people don't realize what they've done. Their new owner has basically just whitewashed the staff. I mean, they just came in and said, your eyes are all out. Go and hire Frank Reich. They got Jim Caldwell to be a special assistant. Um, They went and got as a special assistant on defense. Their original head coach, Dom Capers, with coal black hair. I saw the picture. It's fucking hysterical. Um, <laughs> and they've gone and gotten young offensive and defensive coordinators. Uh, this team added, like, D'Angelo Hall as a defensive back coach. Deuce Staley is the assistant head coach. Deuce Staley is going to be a head coach in the NFL sooner than later. Um, I Probably, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they got him away from Detroit. They got him to leave Detroit to go to Carolina. They stacked this team 
with so many good coaches. I'm looking at the, at the staff right now. I'm like, holy shit, holy shit. Josh McCallum's their quarterback's coach. Deuce Staley's their running back's coach. Dom Capers is the defensive. If you don't know about Dom Capers, that guy's a fucking genius on the defensive side. I mean, he basically invented the fucking, what we see now, that three three defensive player front with the four, the three, four. He basically yeah. invented a lot of blitz out of that. D'Angelo Hall is going to be a great defensive backs coach. Great. I mean, I'm looking at this court, I'm going, oh my God, this is a team. And it, they have a new owner. They have a new owner that bought the team before last season, who's a, um, um, he's a, he's a billionaire. They've gone in. They're actually building a $2 billion practice facility in the suburbs over on the South Carolina side. And oh, okay, I know yeah. I know one of people who are one of the architects for it here because they're using a firm in Kansas City. And uh, she was showing me some of the stuff they're doing in it. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. She said, yeah, it's $2 billion. Buffalo is building one. It's like a billion and a half. You can tell teams that are committing to the future by how they do some of these things. They say, let's not hang on to the old school. Let's not hang on to what was yesterday. This is my biggest complaint about the Saints. Why do you think I'm not rooting for the Saints this year? Because of this. This is, we got to hang on to Derek Carr. And, and they, well, they wanted Derek Carr because he fits with Dennis Allen. They wanted to keep Dennis Allen. Um, they wanted to pe- keep Pete Carmichael as the offensive coordinator. I wouldn't let Pete Carmichael make me a fucking cup of coffee. Much less <laughs> run my offense. He, we've seen he's a scam without Sean Payne. In wrestling terms, oh, he yeah. is Vince Russo without Vince McMahon. Uh, it's oh, sure. ridiculous. And it's like, look, you either getting better or you're not. And that's how we should be in everything in our lives. As a business person, I'm like that. OAGKS.com. I'm either going to get better tomorrow than I am today or I'm going backwards and I can't go backwards now I, I'm I know one of my tarsals from my Jones I can't go back all-star now no I don't go backwards I I will say it I hope he doesn't hear this but man I was having lunch with my brother this past weekend and I love my brother you know my brother you know as long as you've known me and I said to him, we were talking he's got a new job and a new career I'm so happy for him He's happy. It's a great work-life balance. It's always been a problem for him. And he said something to me like, well, how come you don't have this balance sometimes? Because it's something I've dealt with a lot, especially recently. And we've talked about this in the podcast. We've talked about it. You know, Ellen, I talked about it a couple of times now. And I've talked about that's why we're not doing as many episodes. It's because I'm trying to balance my home life, my work life, the podcast, everything else. And it's taking its toll on me, both mentally and physically. Oh, yeah. But I said, because I am of the belief that if I'm not getting better at something, then I'm not, then I'm not living. I'm, I'm past the point in my life where I'm ever going to be good at sports again. I'm 47. I'll never be able to play a football game again. I'm not ever going to the softball diamond ever again. I can't. <laughs> play. I simply can't play softball anymore. I can't play baseball anymore. I don't. I don't go play basketball with some friends. I've been invited to the old man's game a couple times. I'm not going. No. I wouldn't have looked at that video of Dusty Rhodes playing basketball if I went out and played right now. <laughs> oh, 
If you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it. Check that shit out on fucking Instagram and TikTok. It's out there. Oh, I I saw it. Oh god, that's funny. But you get that vision in your head, didn't you? Yep. Uh It is. It's there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. So I, I said, look, where I have to get better is I have to get better taking care of myself. And I have to get better taking uh, taking care of this business because I provide for my family this way, but also want to be successful. I shouldn't have to apologize for that, you know. No and, and no, and look, I'm in a business that the more I work, the harder I work, the more I make. Plain and simple. And there are times where things are great, and I'm in one of those streaks right now. But then there's times where it's slow, and I know that coming up, and it's like okay. I know that the pedal's going to have to back off the accelerator a little bit, you know, and I, I won't say who, but I got to ask the coach this season. And unfortunately I just told him, I appreciate the offer. It wasn't the right situation, but also I can't make a fair commitment to you and your situation and your team to come coach right now. I've already got other issues, you know, check me in a year and let me see if this will work again. Cause it might, you know, as the business, progresses and things get going sure. my health yeah. is better those sort of things so I, I look at things that way i've gotten really introspective about that last few weeks and mm-hmm. i gotta do that and that's where i think that like going back to what we're talking about with football with as i see things when you look at these teams now you look at the draft is a great way of looking at it it's to say who is trying to get better you know, we just saw the Jets and the Packers make a deal. We think the Jets made themselves better. The Packers just took what they could get. They didn't necessarily make themselves better. They, they, they're a worse team today than they were, but they might have taken one step back to make two steps forward, and that's okay. And that, Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that exactly. Yeah, so that's what you have to kind of look at it. So when we say things like, I can't trust the Panthers to be the Panthers because they're always the Panthers. Well, yes, I see where your point is, and you're not wrong. That mentality's there because, well, that's the experience they've given us for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So do we have to put do we have faith that what they're doing moving forward is good? I don't know, but I like what I see moving so far. And that's why I'm not completely going, eh, they're going to be the Panthers again. The odds are you're probably more right than I am on this one. But I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt because I see a couple of pieces and I go, hmm, yeah, I can see what they're going to want to do. Here's, here's I would justify it this way in that I, I agree with everything you said about them, the new owner, all the changes. I agree that that needed to be done. But much like I've said, you know, I've said it a couple of times. I don't know who they are yet. No. I don't know who they who. I don't know who this this coaching staff and what this team's going to be under this. So until I see different, I'm not gonna, I'm not writing them off. Yeah. But between them and what I believe, if it's again, if it's the Houston Texans, I think they're probably better poised right now with their head coach. I, I think that's probably where I, I'm, I'm more leaning forward. And maybe it is a little bit of and, – and I'm sure you're, you're thinking it. You know, the D'Amico Ryan's 49ers connection, I'm kind of hoping that works out really well. I want yeah. him to succeed. 
I get that, but, but I, at the same I have You know, if I'm taking that as my account, they'll counter that, I would say, on the other side, Frank Reich, you know, in Indianapolis, fought for Carson Wentz. I have to question these kinds of decisions sure. from a coach yes. who has head coached in the past. Whereas yeah. D'Amico Ryan's, I don't have a lot of questions as a head coach uh, to his decisions. So yeah. he's got more of a blank slate in that regard. And I've seen what he's done on the offensive side. Yeah, and, and, I, get, and I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say, hey, you thought you were going to win with Carson Wentz. And what his counter would have been at the beginning was the best Carson Wentz ever played was when I was his offensive coordinator. And that was the argument up front, and I get that. I get that. You know, again, sometimes the shit don't work. And it, we and you may be spot on that it may not work in Carolina either. But if you got, it may not key, work in Houston. Yeah, it may not, not work in Houston. Look, we don't know. But I'll put my money there before I put it on Carolina right now with Frank yeah. Reich. And you mentioned the D'Amico Ryan's thing, and I know you're bigger. He was a 49er guy. Look, I think that guy was destined to be a head coach even a couple of years ago. I think he's going to be an outstanding head coach. And even if he never wins a Super Bowl or a conference title, he's gone into a shit show and he's got a couple of pieces, not on the field, off the field, to say, okay, I, I can make some things here happen. Let me put this together and see what I got. Um, again, so much of it, when you come to these teams, and you look at these things, it's about making the parts you have as successful as possible. It's just like, I look at this like a head coach in the NFL is a CEO now. Whether it's Dan Campbell or Frank Reich or Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, they're not calling plays. Now there's Sean Payton, will, but that's, but <laughs> Dan Campbell is not going to call the offensive plays. Ben Johnson's going to call the offensive plays. Or on the defensive side, Aaron Glenn's going to be the one calling the formations on the defensive side and everything else. And it's because what you want to do, I heard this from a friend years ago, somebody I worked for and respect very much. Amy Snook, if you're listening, you're the one I'm talking about here. A lady I worked for years. I was a bartender and a bar manager. One night we were trying to figure out how we're going to put the staff together for this one night. We knew we had something big going on. And I said, well, we could do this and this, and it'll get a spot. And she goes, no, no, I need you over here. I need that person over there. Because when I know I need this special situation, I got to have my aces in their places. Yeah. And that line struck a chord with me. Not in that moment, but later on I thought about it. And I've always thought about that. When you're in a situation where we, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a, you're in a game and you're down 21 points, you ain't coming back. You can try some some stuff, especially the college level. Mm-hmm. But 14-point game, eight minutes to go in the NFL, I want my aces in their places. I want them to do the best we can. This is my biggest argument with the Chiefs. I want my aces in their places. I want Kelsey, the tight end. I want Mahomes in the center, or, you know, the shotgun. I don't want a bullshit play inside the five or someone else taking the fucking snap. No, no, I want my aces in their places. We got to win this game. And that's one of my big arguments with that. And that's the reason I keep going back to that at times about them. You don't see that with 
the Eagles, the 49ers this past year. They're not throwing tricky shit at you just for the sake of throwing tricky shit at you. Now, their argument is, well, now you have to prepare for more. Bullshit. I got to find a way to beat you with who you are. Because if I beat Mm -hmm. you with who you are, I don't care what tricky bullshit you send at me. I'll figure that shit out as we go. So that's where I'm at with some of these teams. That's why it's so important to have a good coach, to get the right staff. You know, again, you're going to tell me you got Jim Caldwell as your offensive assistant. He's going to be sitting in the fucking quarterback's room. And you get to put him in there with Bryce Young? My God. I mean, this is the guy that Peyton Manning said was one of the biggest influences in his NFL career was Jim Caldwell. True. When, when um, they changed coaches, when they went from Tony Dungy and he left, Peyton Manning went in there, he's your guy. You're hiring him. You're not even going to interview anybody else. It's either Caldwell mm-hmm. or I'm going to leave. And you do what the Peyton Manning says because – he understood this is how we're successful. Yep. You know, if if Drew Brees wanted to be the quarterback of the Saints till 2040, and he said, I gotta have Sean Payton, you know what? You do it. You do it for Tom Brady. You know, when Tom Brady says, I want to go to Tampa and I like Leftwich, and I need you to bring me these couple of pieces, it goes until it doesn't work anymore. Agree, agree. And 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 you're just you know you're you're listing off all the Carolina. I I, I like what they've done. I like yeah. moves they've made, but part of me likes it more because they've made moves and they yes. needed change. Yes, and and change is good in this situation. Change is very, good in this league, especially very, if you're in the dumps. Time to clean house and start again because it doesn't take that. If you make the right moves, it doesn't take long to get back up. Yeah, but if you don't make moves, uh-huh. you're going to stay exactly where you are, or drift further down. You just said it perfectly. You won't stay down long, because the the problem is ownerships don't like losing, and even if it means for a year or two, they don't want to step back. But if you don't take one half step back or one step back, you ain't making two steps forward. You're just going to keep stepping back and keep stepping back. And now, oh, shit, I got lapped. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, you, you know, the prime example, just from last season, we everyone, how much shit and how much we were talking about it was the Tyreek Hill change. Uh-huh. That was a big change. And a lot of people questioned it and didn't think, and wrote off the Chiefs like, this is, they're crazy when they're doing this. Crazy no, they made a change because it's the same at the top as it is at the bottom, if you don't accept change and realize that if you try to stay exactly who you are, mm-hmm. they're going to pass you up because they already got the book on you. Yeah. How many at the podcasts, top and at the bottom change is good. How many podcasts, how many naysayers on Fox sports and ESPN murdered the chiefs for that trade. And what did you and I say from the first fucking day it was good for Mahomes it was better for Mahomes in the long run this is going to make him a better quarterback this is this may lose you a couple of games in 2022 but you're going to be a better team 
in 23 and 24 because you made the hard decision. And they did. And, it, and they, yes. were, they ended and up in winning the Super Bowl because they were better. They were better. But, they were but better. at the same time, it also worked out well for Tyreek Hill. He's on a right. new team with a bunch of new players, a great head coach. I like I liked, uh, him in uh, McDaniel. Mike? Mike McDaniel, yeah. Mike McDaniel. I like, yeah, I like him in in Miami and what he's done with what was a shit team. But so there's there again change is good for both Miami and the Chiefs. Both improved, or I wouldn't say the Chiefs improved. They stayed they stayed up. Where and you can see Miami improved. I thought Tyreek was definitely on up trajectory. So Tua got hurt. So. The, the bottom line I'm saying is here, I like what Carolina's doing. I like when teams are changing. I don't know what it'll be yet. Yeah. But if I had to be, choose between Carolina and the Texans as to who's who I'm putting my money on for improvement this year, I'm putting my money on Houston to be the most improved between the two. I think so. And that's, where I, that's why I say that. Yeah, they're starting from a lower place as well. But, I mean, Carolina never won a division last year. Um, True. So, but, I mean, well, well, and in the worst division in in the league. <laughs> the seven, they were four games better than the Texans. But I, I look at it also, I go, well, what, like the th- thing is, is that you said it right. Now, the other piece of Tyree kills, just kind of talk about this for a minute. Yes, it was better for the Chiefs in the long run. And it was better for Tyreek for two reasons. One, he gets to go somewhere that they want him. But a big part of it for Tyreek Hill, and I don't blame him for this, was he wanted to get paid. He was not getting that bag in Kansas City. He just wasn't. He was going to have to make the decision. Was it more important for him to get the biggest bag of money he could get or to sacrifice that money for the probability of winning more? Now, I say the probability. They have won the Super Bowl since. But it was still only a probability. And I think it's okay for someone to say, I'll take the bigger bag a month. And the reason being is that you're only getting that bag once, maybe twice. I don't blame a young man we're, saying, hey, we're talking $90 million in difference. If you ask me, Bo, do you want to go work for somebody else or do you want to stay on your own? And I love working on my own, but for $90 million, I will go work for somebody else. Football is a sport you play with passion, but the NFL is a business and this is. is their job, not just their passion. Yes. They got to get paid. And, and, and we, if we look over the last few years, we are talking about Lamar. Now we were talking about Dak just like three years ago in that franchise hag issue where, you know, we know that these guys are talking about this from a business perspective, from a profession, not a sport of passion, because this is their quote unquote, you know, this is their generational money. This is how they set themselves up the rest of their lives. And yeah, some of them may be broken a few years and that's a different conversation. But what we're talking about here is a lot of money for a short career, a relatively short career. I, I, I look at it and I go, look, man, I don't blame an athlete for taking the money. I don't. And I don't blame an athlete for holding out for the money. Look, if Lamar Jackson doesn't sign his franchise tenant, and he may not, 
And frankly, if I was I, him, yeah, I thought I the same. I wouldn't if I was him. If he doesn't sign his franchise tender and he holds out the entire season and becomes a free agent, he's going to get attacked by fans. Fans are going to say, you don't care. However, what Lamar Jackson's looking at is his mother, his family, and he's saying, when I do secure the big bag, I'm setting all of them up. And every person that oh, yeah. I love for generations to come. And if you want to yell at me about this, tough shit. The best example I ever heard about this was a baseball one was Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Barry Bonds is the best baseball player of all time. We know why he cheated. He was a great, great player. He started steroids and went fucking ape shit. And he broke every record there was to break. But he did it because he ended up securing one of the biggest bags of all time at the time. And you look mm-hmm. and you go, all right, am I willing to be hated for the next 30 years by, by mainstream fans and media for $100 million? Yeah, I probably would oh, take absolutely. that. I, I, would, I would take walking down the street and getting you know cursed at Every day for a hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollars. That's what he ended up making out of the deal. And, and I look <laughs> at it, look, I can't blame. Now, look, I'm not saying I necessarily, given the situation, would have done it. You can argue, hey, he already had 50 million in the bank. Okay. But now nobody named Bonds is going to be broke for the next hundred years. Yeah. He's, so, yeah, you're set. You don't even have to work. That's what Lamar Jackson's thinking. And the thing with Lamar as well, I'm sorry I cut you off there, but the thing with Lamar as well, I'm being fucking insulted right now. And I think think Jalen Hurts ought to be insulted right now. They didn't get guaranteed contracts when Deshaun Watson did. And I'm... If you've been listening, you know how I feel. This is motherfucking collusion if there's ever been. Oh, yeah. This is collusion. These teams are working together to make sure that nobody else gets these fucking contracts. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I just had this conversation last week as well. There is no question. I don't care who you are. That 31 other owners have set up and said, fuck Cleveland. Uh-huh. Oh, they're pissed as hell at him. They are not. They are not resetting that for the rest yeah. of the league. They are absolutely saying, fuck Cleveland. Hell to the no. You can try all you want. And I'm not saying that Lamar doesn't deserve it or hasn't earned it significantly over Deshaun Watson. What they're saying is that's an aberration that nobody else is going to agree to. I'm sorry. It sucks. But fuck Deshaun Watson. Fuck the Browns. We aren't doing it. And that's the reality of the situation. You don't have to like it. And you may not agree with it. But that's the reality of it is that you have one off here. And everybody else is saying, sorry, that's not yeah. going to happen. And you're using the same terminology. This is what's going to get them in trouble eventually. They're using the same terminology. The GMs are calling the contract for, Joe, for Sean Watson the outlier. You're going to keep hearing that word, outlier, outlier, outlier. It's the teams have obviously said to each other, call it the outlier. 
That's what we're going to call this. It's the outlier. And you're right. 31 other owners are super pissed at the Browns' ownership. And it's two reasons. One, because now someone's going to have to break this fucking – there's no way to break it. Eventually, it's going to have to happen. And whether that's Justin Herbert or Burrow or whomever, someone's getting the fully guaranteed back. It could be Mahomes at some other point, renegotiates something and gets the fully guaranteed bag of money. Which reminds me, tell me remind me to tell the Mahomes story later. Um, yeah. we, um, so we, you look at this and you go, okay, that's the issue. Now, the, the family that owns the, the Browns, they are multi-billionaires. They have more money than pretty much every owner, even Jerry Jones. And so they can afford what you have to do to put that much money. I think you've heard me say it before, what has to happen. The team has yeah. to put the money in escrow. The escrow gets paid out each year back to the team. Now, the yeah. issue is a lot of these teams can't afford it. You'd think that a business where the, the latest franchise has got sold for $7 billion, six, $6 billion, can afford to put a quarter of a billion away for a quarterback. But a lot of them can't. They don't have the cash. Some of these teams are not owned by conglomerates. They're owned by a family. The Chargers are one of those. The Bengals are one of those. They are praying that Burrow and Herbert don't want fully guaranteed contracts because they can't afford it. The Brown family, the owner of the Bengals, cannot afford to go put a quarter of a billion dollars in escrow for Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Even if they're going to get it back over five years. You know, and, the, and let's not forget the other side of this the Chargers, same thing. Yep. There's there's another side of this as well. It's not just the quarterback. Other people on that team also have certain amounts of guarantee uh-huh. in their contract. It's not two hundred and fifty million, but mm-hmm. you got a fifty three man roster. Yeah. It's they all have a piece of guaranteed, whether it's a hundred thousand or a couple million, that adds up. It's not yeah. that simple. Yeah, when you got to put 31 other owners are like, fuck you. Yeah, other owners are saying, we got to put 400 or 500 million in escrow for these guys. And it can't be changed because it was collectively bargained. And you know what? Mm -hmm. These players ain't giving that shit up. No chance. The only way the players give that piece up is if the owners make the players' share of the pot much bigger. If they go from 49%. The 52 or 53%, then they'll consider. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, that, that really coming out. That's one of the players' biggest protections. They know that money's there. It's going to be interesting. And there's we talked about some of the creative things that these teams are going to have to do. Hey, the Spanos, the owners of the Chargers, they ain't got that money. I mean, we think they're rich, and they are. They're, they're multi-millionaire. They're a billionaire. But there's a lot of difference between being a billionaire on a piece of paper and what you got in your bank account. Yeah. You know, like most of these guys, they have man. billions of dollars, but the billions of dollars are diversified across different investments, yeah. different company ownerships, and different. It's not what they have liquid. Yeah. yeah. And the Spanos family and the Brown family, a lot of that and the majority of it in both those two cases is the team. Like the Brown mm-hmm. family, when Mike Brown. His father bought the franchise, the Cleveland Browns. He worked for the Cleveland Browns when he bought the Cincinnati Bengals. 
he bought the team for like a million dollars and it was all he had. And so now that million dollars over the next 40 years has become, you know, what is it? The Bengals, I think were the top 10 or 12 most valued teams in the NFL, about $5 billion. You know, you look at it and go, well, wait a minute. Yeah. His net worth is 5 billion, but he ain't got that in cash. No, no, and that's and that's changing now. As as families that own yeah. entirely teams, when they sell, they're not selling to. They're most. They're commonly not selling to single individual owners. What they're selling, they have a primary owner, but they yes. are selling portions of the team out to with a majority yeah. owner speaker position. But it's like the commander's new owner, and the new the new group just bought the commanders for six point six billion dollars. The the I'm guy with the most there, fuck him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we're gonna get into that next week. Um, you know, the guy with the most money in there is putting in like two billion. You know, yeah. Magic Johnson's coming in for like five hundred million. You know, a couple others are putting in, you know, five hundred and a billion dollars. And when you have that collective, well, now you do have that that extra equity. Now somebody can come along and do that. Now you're going collectively, to, yes. And eight owners and saying, hey guys, Joe Burrow's gonna cost us a quarter of a billion dollars. There's six of us. It's 45 billion each. Everybody pony up. And they go, Oh shit, keep Joe Burrow. Fuck, fuck yeah, let's go. I'll give you 50. Let's oh, go yeah. keep him happy. That's what you gotta do. Right. Lamar Hunt, the Chiefs owner, is one of the very few that's worth billions and billions more than his team's worth. Because he has all the other businesses. Yeah. He makes billions on. And, I mean, he's one of the richest men in America. And it, it was no problem for him to put a lot of Mahomes' money, the guarantees away. It was no big deal. He had the money. But, the but it's going to be a Mahomes type of quarterback that's going to get that. Con- it's not going to be a Deshaun Watson who sat out after injury and all this and that shit. No, it's going to be a Mahomes who's won two Super Bowls recently and yeah. could easily continue their career for the next yeah. 10 to 15 years. The one Those can- are the players you're going to get it. And you don't know that yet. And yeah. most of the owners aren't ready to make that yeah. switch yet there is only- until they know what they're getting. And, and there's only one player right now who can break that bank, who can break that rule. The one player who can say, I ain't going nowhere till I get a dollar more guaranteed than Deshaun Watson. Ain't but one of them right now. That's, that's going to be in this situation in the next couple of years. That's Joe Burrow. Even Herbert yeah. has a little bit of, yeah, he ain't won many playoff games. Burrow's won an arrowhead. Burrow's been to the Super Bowl. Burrow was the number one overall pick. Burrow's the reason that team went from being the 25th most valuable team in the league to number 10. Yeah. That franchise can't let him go. And we know that Joe Burrow's probably not going to do that and say, I want the full bag guaranteed. Well, boy, you know what I'd do if I was him? If I can get away with it, I think he can get away with this too. He ought to pull a DAC on him. All right. Make me the highest paid player in the league for three years. I want 60 million a year for three years. And we'll fight this battle in three more years. And in three more years, I want 75 million a year for three more years. 
There are other games. And this is a, a completely fluid situation. It will change. Yeah. The reason Mahomes can't is because he's in a 10-year deal. Now, if he's already Mahomes got a big opt out in a couple of years, then he is the one guy who can then say, yeah, I'm, I'm the GOAT. I'm Jordan. You're going to pay me. Oh, yeah, no. If, Matter of fact, you need to he, go ahead and call the office and find out how I get half the ownership of this team. Oh, yeah, no. He's the guy that if you see him on the sideline this year and him and Andy Reid get into a fist fight, mm-hmm. he'll walk out of it. He'll, he'll come out of the end of the next year and say, okay, who's going to give me that contract? And he oh. could do it. But he's got two Super Bowls in his belt and 10 years left in his career. Yeah, at least. Yeah, I mean, you look at it and go, Oh, and shit, he could do it. Your old Mahomes, but right? he ain't Deshaun Watson. He's Patrick Mahomes. You can put him on every billboard, he, and I, I kept saying the billboard thing over this over the last year. But I love the yeah. way I heard it a couple of weeks ago. I was in Houston. I heard it this way: You want a player as your franchise player that little kids want to wear his jersey. Absolutely. Every kid in Kansas City's got a fucking fifteen jersey. Yeah, and that's what you're looking at these quarterbacks. You got to find the one, and your quarterback has to be the guy that every kid wants to wear his jersey. You, you, you remember the uh, you uh, that guy? You don't have a chance now. Was it? It was. Was it two years ago or three years ago that the uh, that uh, they had Dallas on HBO? It was Dak's kid uh-huh. wanted a Mahomes jersey. Wanted a Mahomes jersey. Yes. Yeah, he wanted a Mahomes jersey. I mean, you're talking about is Dak, but his kid, all he sees is dad. He doesn't see dad. Yeah, he doesn't Dak Prescott. Dak Pestra, he sees dad. So which jersey does he want? He wants Patrick Mahomes. Because he's he, he can he can go to a closet and see 20 Prescott jerseys. He's, I know my dad, but he's dad, not Dak Prescott on the field. He right, wants a Mahomes the, jersey. Here's the exercise anyway. to show that we're right on this. Here are the last 10 Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes. The one outlier, Matt Stafford. Still a guy that might be in the Hall of Fame. Tom Brady. Yep. Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady. uh, (laughs) Eagles team that had that had Nick Foles at quarterback that because the injuries to Carson. Oh, yeah, the the Wentz year. The Wentz year. Yeah. Here, before he gets hurt, Carson Wentz was the MVP of the league. Yep, Tom Brady, Peyton <laughs> <laughs> Manning, Tom Brady. Uh, this one was Russell Wilson, and that was his mm-hmm. second yep. year in the league. There's your last ten, and that you and that, that was the Patriot. That was the he. It was almost Tom Brady again that year. Yeah. You gotta have a guy that the kids want to buy his jersey because even car, even even the L.A. version, Matt Stafford is still a guy you could root for. Yeah, yeah. People don't realize Matt Stafford got two five thousand passing yard seasons. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Did a Super Bowl win in two five thousand yards. He, he's in. Tom Brady, no, but he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, absolutely. But you go back and look, but 10 years, you better have had Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, who Russell Wilson played the best year of his career that year, 
and he had the best defense in the league. And who did they beat in that game? They beat Tom Brady. They beat, they, they beat Peyton. They Man. beat Tom Brady. They beat Peyton. Man. They beat the. No, they beat the no that was yeah. the interception at the one yard line. For Tom, for for uh... yeah, when Seattle won. They oh, won. no, yeah, you're right, you're right. It was the they next year. I think it was the next year. First possession, the ball goes over Manning's head in the end zone. Right, right, right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but then you go back and look, even the years before that, you got the the Ravens and Joe Flacco, and that was Joe Flacco against, you know, Colin Kaepernick. You have the Giants, Eli Manning, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, New Orleans, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger, the Giants, Eli Manning, the Colts, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, yep. Brady two more times. I mean, that's going back to 04. That's now 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Couple of anomalies. You have that, that Eagles team. But you you got the Nick Foles in there. You got the Joe Flacco one, but you've got franchise quarterbacks across the board there. Everywhere. And Joe Flacco in the beginning of his career was really good. I mean, he he yeah, wasn't he all was. Bad. He was. Like, he was very. He, he was just, second. He just kept. Flacco just he, kept playing longer than he needed they, to play. They honestly. got progressively worse, and they, they really didn't play much. Play give much attention to the offense because they were a defensive team. But yeah, yeah you right. think of it that way. You got to think. I got to have the guy. And that's why this draft is so important because you got four guys that technically could be the guy that the kid wants to get the guy's jersey. If they all play to their ability, the one I think is the oddball is Will Levis. I think that the biggest bust potential is Anthony Richardson, but I also think Anthony Richardson can become fucking can become Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So again, I'm looking at this going, I don't have one of these guys. If I don't have the guy, give me one of these four. I know there's a chance they bust, but I'll keep trying. Gotta if have all it. of this doesn't make you excited for this draft and what this year could be out of this draft, yeah. I don't know what will. I mean, yeah, the first there's so much that could happen. First hour and a half of this draft Thursday night, it's going to be phenomenal. Okay. From seven o'clock Central Time or eight o'clock Eastern to nine thirty, when you get those first six picks go, they're fifteen minutes each. Boom! You're going to see it. You're going to see six players go. You're going to have the two front line defensive players, and you're going to have four quarterbacks. And that's the thing. Four teams you know are going to get curious. a chance at a quarterback, and either going to be really right or really wrong. But you got to try. I'm. There's there's a there's something I have to look on DraftKings and I wonder if it's there because the thing is you just mentioned it so the the uh, what is it the uh, the relate not not a main bet but the bet I would be looking to see is if you go all the way through the first round which team is on the clock the least in the first round I'll bet it's the Texans. Well, I think I, I'm still I'm I'm leaning towards the Texans trading their picks. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I, I think I think, but but barring a trade of a pick or something, I'm wondering who ends up on the. You know, I don't know if maybe you want to say the first ten or just the entire first round. Who's on the clock the least? 
Who walks up? It's they're on the clock, and a minute later, their pick is in. I'm curious. I'm, I'm sorry. I said the Texans. I meant the Panthers. The Panthers are good. Oh, seven, oh, no, the, the Panthers. The Panthers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> Panthers probably are going to be the best. <laughs> now the the two that are going to okay. So um, the Colts will not be on the draft on their long because they are going to know which quarterback they want. They already know. They know which quarterback it's going to be. They just got to figure out if they're trading up to three to make the pick or if they're picking at four. Yep. From there, they're all going to take the 15 minutes because they're all going to start trades. Yeah, this trade, this draft going at 7.30. At 7.30. Maybe the Chiefs only because they're the last pick? There's a lot of talk that the Chiefs may be willing to trade up. They have a shit ton of picks. And they don't have a lot of depth needs. Like, they can't – I think someone said they have, like, 10 or 11 picks in this draft. And, like, a lot of, like, fourth, um, third and fourth me, picks. I'll tell you real quick. Will you tell me what they've got by team? I don't have that yeah, in front me, of me. I have it up here. Um, I got a way of looking at They got 10. They've got two fours, two sixes, and two sevens. Okay. But they've got a pick in every round. Okay, so yeah, so you're sitting with the last pick in every round that they're in. Um, yeah, you have the fourth one with the compensatory pick. So actually, they have they have a back to pack. They pick last in the fifth and first in the sixth. Yeah, is that a trade? A trade. They have a trade pick. They have another trade pick in the fourth when they're not yeah. last. All the other ones they're last. Yeah. So but they have a trade pick for the sixth. They're number one. They got Not a, back a lot of tickets, five and six. Yeah. So if you're the Chiefs, you're a team that can trade up. This is why I think you're, if you're a Chiefs fan, you got to look at what's the cost of doing business to move up. Because if the Chiefs do want one of those two receivers, um, they're not getting uh, the kid from Ohio State, Jackson Smith. They're just not getting him. It, that's going to cost them too much to move up. But if they want flowers from BC, they could get him, and they could get to twenty. And what the plan would be: you give up your two, which is basically a throwaway, the last pick in the second round. So you say, well, we'll give you our two, and maybe a three next year, or we'll give you our two and our first four, number twenty pick in the fourth round, to yep. move up to twenty. Seattle, change it with Seattle. And Seattle could say, well, okay, now we take those picks, and Seattle might like the idea of sitting at 32 because of Hendon Hooker. If they think they can get Hendon Hooker at 32, they use the first pick they've got, make a deal with the Chiefs to move up. You get an extra two and and an early or a mid four out of the deal, that's how teams build depth. The Chiefs don't necessarily need the two, the three, and both fours. True. Because they're not going to put four new players, aren't going to give them viable playing time this season. So if you can get the player that could be the player that could fit a special need, and you give up a couple of those picks, you might even overpay. That's how good teams get great players. 
This is the kind of shit break your heart because then you wouldn't have it. Shit, Aaron Rodgers complained about in Green Bay was that for years they wouldn't sit there and do it. I listen to Andrew Brandt's podcast every week. He's the former Packers GM, and he would have never done shit like this because he's all about let me get the best value for the pick. And I'm going, wait a minute. I believe in that too. But I also know that there's certain rosters where I can't add a whole bunch of volume. So my picks are less valuable to me. It's a different way of looking at it if you're the Kansas City Chiefs as opposed to if you're the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, if they had the drafts, they had the Chiefs two, three, and two fours, they're looking at two, three, and two fours. Those are four starters for us. Or at least three. You know, that's that's what they got to look at. The Chiefs aren't looking at that one. The Chiefs are not going to look at those two fourth-round picks and go, those two guys start for us this year. If they do, then either they've really overdrafted, they got a guy who's phenomenal, or the person they're replacing is just shit. Now, I think their biggest needs probably another tackle. They need a, yeah. they probably need they need a replacement for Orlando Brown. You get yeah. past that, yeah. you got some options. Yeah, I mean, so that's they got room to move around. This draft's a good one for corners. It's a good one for tackles. And if they want a receiver, they can sneak in there and do that. That can happen. Because there's only, there's only would, two of them in the first round. Yeah, I would see them actually probably, you know, I could see the Chiefs wanting another wide receiver, but I'd probably see that more in a trade or free agency I don't see in the draft. Well, if it had been a free agency, it would have been an Odell Beckham deal. Uh, was, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. No, but I, I could see them making a deal later for yeah. just to shore up their wide receiver court. Not, not, yeah. I don't see them going after an OBJ, but I could see them shoring yeah. it up later. Well, and you know, OBJ is now signed with the Ravens. And I, I when I first heard that Odell Beckham was going to go to the Ravens, I was like, well, they got to deal with Lamar done. But they didn't. Nope. Which tells me that was the most money he got off. Which I don't hate that. And I'll tell you why. Odell Beckham. Let me look him up real quick. I want to look at this. I want to make sure I'm right on this. I hate being wrong. Is getting near 30. And he's been injured for the last two seasons. He's had issues. But when he's played, he has been Odell Beckham. I mean, he has been when he's played. Oh, no. If he's healthy. Yeah. If he's healthy, he instantly makes the Ravens way better. But he just he didn't play it down last year. It's the problem is he sat out a year and he's injured. So. Yeah. We'll see. Well, he's. He I know still, I, I'm optimistic on OBJ. Yeah, I'm I optimistic on him. I, he could have played the last month of the season, and he didn't. No one wanted to bring him in because he wanted a, a, a multi-year deal. No one's yeah. offered him a multi-year, high-dollar deal. Odell Beckham is about 30 years old, and here's what I'll tell you about Odell Beckham: what I would do if I was him. I'm going to pull up something else here. Odell Beckham should pull a Darrell Reeves. And what I mean by that is, okay, Odell Beckham in his career has made, I'm pulling the slippers right off of over the cap. Uh, let's see, now a free agent. He's got the deal in place now for $15 million. His, Let me get his history here. Odell Beckham has made $93 million in his career. He is never going to get a 
three-year, $50 million deal, mini buy, moving forward. He's 30. No, not, not at this point. But there's a lot of teams that for a one-year deal, if he's healthy, would give him $15 million next year. If the Chiefs wouldn't, you think the Bills wouldn't, you think the Cowboys wouldn't, they're just squeamish now because he hasn't played for a year. Odell Beckham taking 15 <laughs> from the Ravens is the right thing to do because he gets his bag. He's going to go right back into free agency. He's going to sign a one-year or a two-year deal somewhere next year for, a, for what a good receiver can get, and then he's going to go right back into free agency again, and he's going to sign a one-year or a two-year deal. He doesn't give a fuck who he plays for. He's going to want the money. And here's the thing, and people will say that's greedy, but he's a model teammate. Every team he's played for liked him. The only person didn't like playing with Odell Beckham was Baker Mayfield. Yeah, because he was a bigger star than Baker. Yes, exactly. 100%. But that's Odell purely Beckham. ego. Every team. Anybody loved- else- I, I have stood up for Baker on occasion, but let's not make any mistake here. That is pure ego and nothing mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Okay, Absolutely. and he and he lost that fight, and he's and he's humbled for it. But here's the, and for anyone out there saying, well, why didn't this happen last year? And let's not forget that one, he was his first. He was coming back off an injury from the from the, the Super Bowl the year before, Absolutely. and if I remember correctly, he didn't work out for anybody. He didn't. He didn't work out until after the season. And he did request exactly. He said he wasn't going to sign. That was that was the thing. He was wanting a deal, and it was late in the like. If you had said even at week ten, he was not working out for anybody, and he was asking for a deal, and he wasn't going to get that. But if he had asked for, okay, just finish me out this year, and you come in for a a one day workout just to show me that you are you're over the injury, he'd have had a contract, and he would have played for somebody last year. But that's on him. Not because he couldn't play, but because he didn't work out and he did. He asked for too much. He was asking for more than he could get coming yeah. off an injury like that. But he, he, this is he, different. Yeah, he asked for more money because he knew if he didn't get it, he would sign a one-year deal somewhere. Sure, and yeah. and, and get just as much money in the one-year deal as he would for the first year of his two-year deal. So why not improve it? He goes to a place where he's going to be the number one guy. He might have a, a franchise quarterback to throw him the fucking football and Lamar Jackson if they get that deal done. I, hey, I yeah. think back look, and, and I've heard so many stories. I've seen the story I heard, and I heard this. Uh, I heard this a couple of places now. First heard it from Bomani Jones, and then I heard it from an LSU person that I know. Odell Beck has a party at his house when he's a giant. He has all the young players, and I mean the young players players in their first couple of years old and he tells a bunch of the young players who are standing around he says go into my closet and grab anything you want any clothes you want anything that you want take what you want out of my closet now he gets a bunch of his stuff from nike he's nike endorsed and he has right. you know shoes and he can just call and get more but these young guys who are making the league minimum or they're making a hundred grand or five hundred grand, and that's all the money they're going to make. Odell Beckham saying, 
you're not paying for this today, guys. I'm paying for this. I make 20 million. I'll pay the bag. He takes them all out to dinner, which is what quarterbacks usually do. Odell Beckham takes all the receivers and the defensive backs out to dinner at the nicest steakhouse in town and says, I got the bill. Mm -hmm. The reason he does these things is that he realizes these guys, they don't make what he makes. He's being a good teammate. He when is a good teammate, yeah. LSU, yeah. Odell Beckham was the first guy when LSU wanted to raise, I think it was $40 million for their locker room. It was Odell Beckham that put the first million bucks in and then called every LSU player in the league and said, I put in a million, how much are you putting in? And they mm-hmm. built a goddamn locker room that looks like the fucking Starship Enterprise. If you haven't seen it, it's fucking outstanding. Google it. <laughs> it was Odell Beckham who got that done. And, and so I think for people to like say, well, he's greedy. And I really have it in for people right now who say that athletes are greedy. Because none of us are walking a mile in their shoes right now. You know, we're seeing it in baseball. It's about to turn on Shohei Otani. It's about to turn on him in the next couple of months. When the angels aren't good and the trade deadline comes and he says, uh-uh, I want out. I want out. I'm going to be a free agent. Get what you can get from me now, but send me to a winner for the rest of the season. And he's going to get murdered for it. But what he's saying is, get what you can get for me. I'm not coming back here anyway. And I'm going to go get the bag from somebody else. What the fuck's wrong with that? That's That's all sports now. That's all sports. Hell, it's even college now with NIL and the the transfer portal. It's even college now. Yes. So get it when you can get it and take care of yourself and your family. And if you're one of these motherfuckers out here who says, oh, well, they should be more about the team. Look, follow the team for the last 40 fucking years. And what did they do for me? Fandom is your fandom, but you have to ride that wave. It doesn't matter. It's up and down. doesn't matter. If you don't like what your team is doing, you don't have to follow them anymore. I mean, it's just what it is. You don't have to like it. You don't have to put up with it. And and that's the thing. Like, I man, a friend of mine called me and read me the riot act by not being a Saints fan anymore. Man, there was no (laughs) Saints fan in you. And this is, I cannot believe. Dude, my team is giving up this. They're doing this. You can see what they're doing. They're crashing the fucking plane. I'm getting off the fucking plane. If the pilot don't know how to fly the motherfucker, I ain't getting on. Plain and simple. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I want to know that my captain on the motherfucking plane may not be the best captain, but motherfucker, he better know how to fly this motherfucker. And right now, again, my New Orleans, my, my, my old New Orleans Saints, they got motherfuckers don't know how to fly the motherfucking plane. And that's why I'm out. It was not just the Daryl oh. Carf. It was how they handled it. it was how they handled Drew Brees at the end. These were just steps. And I went, if you go get this motherfucker, because what did we just talk about? We just talked about to be one of these teams to be a Super Bowl contender. You got to have the guy that the kid wants his jersey. 
if a kid's asking for a fucking Derek Carr jersey, you're doing bad as a parent. Because <laughs> this motherfucker ain't been a winner anymore. Look, Derek Carr might be the nicest man in the world. I hear he's a very devout Christian. I hear he's a good family man. God bless him. He's going to get his money. Yeah, God bless him. But for him, don't act like I have to follow you because now that's where I'm from and that's my team. I ain't got to like that. Didn't like it when LSU fired um, Coach Ogeron, but I understood that one. Like, well, yeah, yeah you kind of fucked up, Coach O. I like Coach O. But Coach O fucked up. But you fucked and up. you fucked up? Well, you shouldn't be here anymore. And, and as much as uh, – yes, fandom pays for this, but mm-hmm. it's a business. It is. It it's a business. Anybody who says otherwise is filling themselves. All of our fandoms are built on a business, and they will make business decisions, and not everyone makes smart business decisions. Yeah. But it. But that also means – that doesn't mean you're gone from them forever. You're just like, no, 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 no. Bridge too far. And we know that the Derek Carr thing isn't the first mistake they've made for you. It's just the latest that says, nope, that's too far. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. It's a bridge too far. That doesn't mean that you won't, you still don't care for them or don't want to be a fan. It's that, no, 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 this is, for now, I had to set this aside. It's like being a a drug addict. I am not on this narcotic anymore because you fucked me on Taysom Hill. I thought that was a bad idea. You should have had a better plan for getting rid of Drew for letting Drew Brees go. You fucked up the Sean Payton deal. It was just things over and over and over again. I went, wait a minute. No, and no I totally no. get it. Even I can't fuck. I mean, look, I, I I say a lot of hyperbole on here about I could do a better job. I'm gonna tell you right now, I am this is no hyperbole. If I walked into the Saints complex tomorrow morning. I would do a better job than Mickey Loomis as the general manager of the Saints. I would. I would do a better job than than um, um, than the ownership is right now. Mrs. Benson is not doing a good job. She doesn't give yeah. a shit. She inherited that team from her dead husband, and she has a basketball and a football team that she can get two squirts of monkey piss about when it's all squared and done. Mm-hmm. All she wants is enough money to make sure her old ass has enough makeup and nice clothes to wear. Oh, absolutely. What have I said about the NFL? Why wasn't I a Chiefs fan? All those years I spent and all those Chiefs fans we knew, how, why wasn't I a Chiefs fan? Same reason I hated can. the decisions they made. Yep. I hated their GM. I hated their own. Everything they did pissed me off. I couldn't uh-huh. be a fan of the Chiefs. Not because of the players. I like the players. It's the I, organization I hated. I couldn't be a Chiefs fan when I moved to Kansas in the 90s because I didn't get what the whole – Carl Peterson and Marty Schottenheimer thing. I said, they're just trying to be good enough to sucker you people to go to Arrowhead and to buy their merch. They don't give a fuck about anything else. And it was true then. It was absolutely true then. And you know why it was true? It was true because that was the leadership and the old man. And I'm I'm going to get fucking grilled for this. And I don't give a fuck. Lamar Hunt was a scam. Lamar Hunt did not give a shit about that team. All Lamar Hunt cared about was his, his initial investment when he moved that team from Dallas to Kansas City, made him a bunch of money. He made a bunch of money peripheral in businesses because of it. He didn't give a fuck if he ever won. 
You can tell you didn't give a fuck if he ever won because he never tried to win. And you don't believe yeah. me? Go back and look. Go back and look. All Carl Peterson and Marty Schottenheimer cared about keep the games with enough games to be exciting, sell tickets and merch. Yeah, it wasn't until all of that changed now that they had how many players? They were Dallas. They were Dallas for decades because they couldn't get to the playoffs or couldn't win. They could win in the regular season, but they couldn't win in the postseason. And to continue with the Chiefs, Dick Vermeil saw it when he was the head coach here and went, it doesn't matter how hard I try to win. You're not going to be the quarterback I want. You're not going to let me do some of these things. You're too busy trying to sell merch and fill up the stadium. Let me take two steps back so we can take three steps forward. They didn't let anybody, him do it. Anybody but, has a problem with this, I'll give you two examples of why we're right. One is Priest Holmes. Just look at his career. He got ran into the ground. Injury. Yeah. He didn't last very long, and he was an excellent running back. Two, hard knocks. Carl Peterson, he walks in the room, and he walks, they go, pull up the episode. Everyone around the table says, this is our starting quarterback. What a Carl Peterson? Well, remember the guy that got us last year who was a fucking starter that year. Fuck both those guys. Yeah. That's why I'm not a Chiefs fan. Is that when right it, there? To, to the Chiefs' credit, when it changed was when the old man died. When the old yep. man died. It's totally different. It's totally different now. And his son took over, and his son said, I'm already fucking blistering rich. I want to win. I will do what it takes to win. I'll put all this fucking money in the stadium. I will make, I will charge twice the fucking ticket price if I have to. We're going to make this work and we're going to make money. But the biggest thing is we're going to win. I'm going to go hire Andy Reid. I'm going to give him a blank check. I'm going to tell him to go get a fucking quarterback. I'm going to tell him that whatever you need, I will get you. The Chiefs have the worst practice facility in the league, one of the worst in the league right now. Do you know what the rumors are right now? When the Royals get their downtown ballpark in the next couple of years, when that gets done, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chiefs are getting Kaufman, and they're going to retrofit to be Kaufman their practice facility. facility for the Chiefs. Why are they going to do that? Because this hunt cares. He wants to win. If you give me an ownership that's trying to win games, I will root for you. And and that's you know, I and I said it a few years ago. I said it to you a couple a few years ago. Why suddenly are the Chiefs a team worth being a fan on after I leave Kansas? Yeah. Yeah. I I I I watched okay, when was the game that Mahomes hurt his ankle? The playoff game he hurt his ankle. Uh, that was Oh, this year that was um, was week two, or that was a sec- that was that was well. He had a bye the first week, so the so the first first game of the playoffs. It was their first game, but it was they they weren't in the wild card week. So. Yeah, in the old way where I rooted openly against the Chiefs in the Lamar Hunt era, I would have been like, "Fuck him, let him die, let whatever, just I don't give a fuck." <laughs> oh but yeah, Patrick Back Mahomes then, got absolutely. hurt this year, and I went. Man, this team's trying to win. And that dude's trying to win. And that dude cares. And everybody on that sideline cares. It hurt me watching him hurt his ankle. Not because I'm a yeah, Chiefs fan. I, 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 but I'm yeah. sitting there going, 
man, they've come this far. They did the right things. The right thing we talked about earlier, the right thing was to move on Tyreek Hill. Again, they got bashed for it. We didn't give them one squirt of shit about it. No, no, no. This is the right thing to do. We bashed we saw the what they were trying to do. We agreed. We... Yeah. <laughs> and even though Russell Wilson was a huge step up at quarterback than what they'd had previously, we also knew, wait a minute, this is not exactly. You overpaid for this. He's better than what you had, but he's still not good. He's overpaid, and you had a terrible coach. We none, we neither of us thought Nathaniel Hackett was worth a shit because they were trying to get Aaron Rodgers. They didn't get him. Now we knew this was a mess. So I Instant. heard that heard Russ's people been pushed out of the uh, building over there. Oh, in, instantly, instantly. Yeah, yeah. I didn't no, no, I, I said well, I said it before. We need Sean Payton. We in Denver need Sean Payton. He's the right There's coach for this situation because he's the one who can fix it. And, he he, and I think he left New Orleans, folks. Why am I not a Saints fan? Part of it now. Sean Payton knew there was a reason he was leaving New Orleans. He knew when Tom Benson died. It was the direct opposite of the Chiefs. When Mr. Benson was there, and we call him Mr. Benson because that's just who he is. He was a pretty glorious guy in New Orleans. Um he wanted that team to be successful, and he handed the keys to Sean Payton. But when Sean Payton, when it became his wife, she didn't give a shit anymore. And she cared about, oh, I own both teams now, and I've already, I've already won the lawsuits and the kids and everything else. And, and it, it was basically like a, it was like fucking secession in New Orleans is what it was. Yeah. You watch yeah. secession. And- I do not. I'm going to binge it when it's I, over. It's I, I, I'm going to get too to much some. TV to watch. Yeah, I don't have a lot There's of too time. much TV to watch. I get a lot of grief for me not watching these great shows that are on, but I've seen a couple episodes, first couple episodes of Succession. I should get into it, but I'll, and I will at some point. But that's what it was. It was, big, it was a big family fight. And Sean Payton went, fuck these people. I'm not working for these motherfuckers. And he went to, he went to Denver. He walked in the door and said, all right, Russell, you got money, but I'm the one coach. They're not going to push me out the door for it. Either you or me. New ownership. Me and so we know what he, here's the thing. That's the thing. We saw Russell last year, and he had a chance to do something he didn't do. Sean Payton's making all the calls, and he's got the entire organization behind him saying, yeah. whatever you say, we're going to do. Yeah. That ain't happening with Russ. Yeah, Russ. I also noticed, and I'll I'll say this real quick. uh, Notice that Denver's still in the running for a Rose. uh, They're not likely. They're not likely. And I thought the only reason they're probably still on the list now is Sean Payton. (laughs) No, Sean Payton's not getting me. I got a lot of love for Sean Payton, but they're not likely to win. Uh, They're still in there. But they're on the. I, I, I didn't even have them in the tiers, but they're on the list. Russ is a. I'm not a big Russ fan. Never have been. Matter of fact, well, if you're, you if don't you have to like Bell Russ. Clark, if you remember Billy Clacker, I've got a Russell Wilson signed football and helmet that I that are for sale. If anybody wants them, you can go to our you go to our Twitter at Coach Bono Show or PM me or you can go to oagks.com. <laughs> hit contact us. I'll make you a deal for it. I want that out of my collection. I'm not, I'm not going to give it away. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, by the way, speaking of collections, I got to tell you the coolest thing I have seen in a really long time. Uh, you right. know this about me. I'm a freak. I have a sports memorabilia collection, and I have a really good one. I'm not shy about that. Um, I had the fortunate circumstance last weekend, two weekends ago, whenever I was in Houston, this past weekend, weekend before I was in Houston. Stopped in Tulsa on the way. I'm working with a guy named Jim Gamble with Wall Stars, who does a fantastic job. He specializes in unique framing of memorabilia. He's doing a huge piece for me right now from with my Mookie Betts memorabilia, putting together a big piece for oh, me. Yeah, yeah. And while I was at his at his place, um, he showed me a project he had just completed. Now I was not allowed to take pictures. I would have, I did ask. I said, can I take pictures? He's like, no, I'd rather you not. Show me a piece he was just finished up the day before for Patrick Mahomes. He had all three of Patrick Mahomes' Super Bowl game-worn jerseys. Oh. Things were so nice. He did just a great job. You can see the grass stains on the jerseys and everything. The front displayed, not back displayed. This guy does a great job. He frames The, the frames are, me- are mega huge. I mean, they're probably five feet tall and three and a half, four feet wide. He has the jersey pounded in the middle, and he has pictures around them. And he has action shots from the game, the actual game, and he has four-by-six photos. So you can uh-huh. see the picture. The, 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 on the one I was looking at at length, the one yeah, the one on the 1-5 has this huge grass stain on it from being knocked down or sacked or something. The picture yeah. right next to it is an action shot where you can see that grass stain in like a vivid picture. It was just cool. This guy is excellent. I met him in Chicago a couple of years ago, and I've been wanting to work with him for a while. And I I talked to him on the phone. We've been going back and forth like two months about what I wanted to accomplish. Saw his website. It's uh, wallstars.com. If you are in that kind of field, definitely check him out. He's not too expensive, which was really cool. And uh, just take a little time to get it. He's going to have my stuff for like two months. But he's making me something so custom, it's going to be cool. And uh, I'm really happy about it. But I looked at that, and we started talking about it. And I said, how did you get this deal? He had done something previous for Kelsey and for Mahomes and a couple other guys in the Chiefs. And he's in Tulsa, so that's not too far away. And we started chatting about it, and I said, this is ever Bobby, his, his, he's retired, and he does this in his basement. His whole entire basement, his beautiful house is all just how he makes his stuff. And he says, well, I had to have special insurance for this. Oh, I bet. Those are one of a kind. The estimated value. Let me ask you, what's the estimated value of all three of Mahomes' all, worn jerseys? All, all three. three? All three. I couldn't even, I wouldn't even know where to begin. It's going to be high. One million dollars. Yep. I'm not surprised. I was thinking high six. So, yeah. One million dollars. He had to come up with that much of insurance. Yeah. Uh, wow. Fantastic work. I can't in wait. 20 for years, it'll be 10 times that. Oh, God. Yeah, because there's only three of them. I mean, it's one of each game. Uh, I well, can't no, wait I was, it, I, in, in 20 years, when his career is over, when Patrick yeah. Mahomes retires, yeah, the Medici seems yeah. to be ridiculous. It, it, it's amazing the work this guy does. And they'll be able to see that in person. Something you know you'll never see anywhere. 
that this is going in his yeah. home and that big, new, brilliant, however many million dollar house he's building south of town. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. And I can't wait to, I, I had to brag a little bit that I could see that because no one else is going to see it unless you're at his house. So, wow. yeah, but it was, it was pretty cool to see that kind of stuff. Like I, I get a kick out of weird stuff like that. It's, you know, just when you see something one of a kind, you go, wow, that's kind of history in a way. We all have our nerd out and that's definitely yours. That's definitely mine. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Oh, all right. We have spent a long time. We're yeah, we're getting out of here. Uh, real quick, one of <laughs> DraftKings for sponsoring the show today. Um, in the show notes, a link for DraftKings. Get in, you get a hundred dollars of free bets with your first ten dollar bet. So load it up. They're gonna have a shitload of props for the NFL draft. So if anything you've heard today makes you think, ah, I might have to bet on this, but they're gonna have a shitload of them as they go. Check it out. Um, check the show notes, you'll get the link, you get Again, your $10, first $10 wager gets you $100 in free bets. The free bets are good for seven days. So get on them. You can use them for the NBA. You can use them for the draft, the NFL draft, the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, or anything else you want on there. So check it out. We appreciate DraftKings for doing this for us. And as always, working with us. Uh, I also want to thank um, Tyler Jones and everybody at Studio Soapbox for all they do behind the scenes. Uh, hey, do us a favor, rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get this podcast, we appreciate every five-star review and tell somebody else about it. This is going to be one of our longest ones we've ever had, so it is not it normally this. But you and I go a long time, Ricardo. So, hey, until the point five this weekend when Ella's back in the house, have a great week. Remember your time tokens are non-refundable. Take care, everybody.